Hello and welcome to Source of the Force, episode four. I'm your host, Trev, representing Buddha Palm TV once again, bringing you two great guests for your listening pleasure today. So here at Buddha Palm TV, we're big, big, big fans of martial arts cinema, obviously, action cinema in general, but we're also big fans and have huge respect for the real martial arts, the real martial artists and the real martial arts practitioners. And today, I'm very pleased to announce that we have two world-class martial artists joining me on the show. We have uh, Professor Tony Myers, world-renowned martial arts coach, instructor, and academic, joining me on the show, along with one of his students, a good, another good friend of mine, Dean James, multiple world title holder in martial arts in Muay Thai, to be specific. We talk about positive influences, we talk about environment, we talk about the mindset needed to um, excel as an elite artist, elite martial artist that they are. So pull up a pew, get yourself a cup of tea, put on those headphones, whatever you need to do, man, because this one's going to be a good one. So let's go. Episode four, Source of the Force. And today we've got a special one, man. We've got two people I love and respect a lot. We've got Professor Tony Myers, and we've got multiple world champion, my brethren, Dean James, come to join us today. Gents, what's going on in? How you doing? Thanks. Thanks for the invite, Trev. Always good to speak to you, mate. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. It's been a very long time. I've been dodging him. I don't want to do any more pads. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's horrible. <laughs> Dean, how you doing, bro? You all right, mate? I'm good, man. I'm good, Trev. Thanks for having us on. How are you? Oh, uh, yeah, not not too bad at all, man. Not too bad at all. All the better for seeing you, man, to be fair. You know what I mean? Obviously. So, I, didn't, I, I wanted to introduce you properly, man, and, and give you the, a, a proper introduction as you deserve, but I didn't want to butcher it. So, we're talking about, obviously, Professor Tony Myers, and we're talking about Dean James, multiple world champion in Muay Thai. So, can you tell me a little bit a bit more about your background? And we'll go. Obviously, we're going to depth, but just briefly, what you do currently and your titles and what what sort of belts you hold. Um, well, I've got a few world titles. Um, the, 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 the ISKA, WMC, uh, WRSA, and I'm trying to look up now. S. <laughs> Yeah, he's actually, he's the, the man is actually looking at the belts in his house, yeah. trying, to, trying to work out. On the wall, I can't remember him. Too important to work him. Yeah, so um, it's the first time I've ever had my belt on display, so in the whole of my career. So this is quite good for me. He's worked it quite well. <laughs> it's like having a crib sheet in your house, isn't it? <laughs> you know what I mean? So. That's wicked, wicked. So, yo, big stuff. So what, what weight is that at? Uh, they're across different oh, weights. weights. The first one was 55. I've got 55. I've got 50. Tone's probably better than me at this. 55, 57, 50. Yeah, you've got a 59 nine, as well. The defensive six, French line. Mm. Six, was it 60, the other one? I can't remember. So it's a range. Yeah, there's a range across yeah. the weight. Yeah. Yeah. So we go way back, man, because I used to train. Tony was my instructor and Tony is Dean's trainer as well as, as well as Tony's trained a lot of top, top, top boys, man. Do you know what I mean? So these guys here to me are like Muay Thai royalty, to be fair. You know what I mean? And I, and I love them to bits. So 
we, on this show, basically, we, I try and bring on people who I respect a lot and are doing sort of amazing, thing, amazing things, a bit like your good selves, do you know what I mean? And shine a bit of light on what they're doing and kind of pick their brains on their kind of sources of inspiration growing up and coming up and to get to where you are now. So basically, that's the gist of the programme, but I'd be really interested to hear a little bit more about how martial arts have been a sort of positive effect on you. Sometimes a negative effect when you get beasted on pads and thing, but you know what I mean? Yeah. The positive effect overall that, that we kind of we get implemented with martial arts. So that's the kind of gist of what I'm, I'm sort of looking at here. So let's start off with Uncle Tony. You know what I mean? The elder statesman. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to dwell on that, you know, T. I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> I wasn't going to dwell on that at all. Yeah, so, you know, the gives it away. That's it, man. Silver fox. Silver fox. That's it, man. Um, so talk to me about, have you, you're from the local area, correct? You're from, is it Cannock, Rugeley? <laughs> yeah, Cannock. So I was, I was born in Wolverhampton, but yeah, I grew okay. up in Hempstead, which is next to Cannock. So right yeah. by Cannock Chase, really, that's where I grew up and uh, went to school in that area as well. And so, you know, the grandparents around that area and, and, so, and the rest of my family mainly as I grew up so that was yeah that was where I, I grew up it was I was in fact I was I really lived in there until, until I moved to Birmingham um much later on so yeah so yeah that area so I've always grown up in that area basically working class family like you really grand worked in a bakery um mom was a hairdresser she did move into doing some teaching um in in, in an FE college my dad worked in a factory all his life and hated it and I didn't want to go down those I didn't want to do that I wanted to do something a bit different um <clears throat> so was that seeing him coming home dirty and knackered I, thought, well, I don't want any of that malarkey he said he didn't like it he just said he, yeah. he couldn't wait to retire and he just didn't like it and um and, and I just didn't want to follow, you know, I definitely didn't want to follow that path, really. I wanted to try and do something different. As far as, as martial arts go, the biggest influence, though, really was my granddad, to be, to be honest. He, <clears throat> and he, I guess we're, we're storytelling animals, aren't we? And stories are actually quite important, to think, for communicating ideas. And, mm. and he used to tell me stories. His family, basically, he wasn't a boxer, even though he'd done a bit, but his dad was, and his uncles were, and his dad's dad was. And, you know, there was a sort of a bit of a history, right, going to bare knuckle prize fighting from the Black Coast. They came from... Ross. Um, they came from Tipton. <laughs> Is he mad? Yeah, Albury and Tipton. And they moved yeah. to, to Hensford because there was the the mines, which obviously now are closed, but at that time, and mm. um, so they came for, for the mining really to be able to uh, work in the pits. Um, but they, they they fought, so they were, it was very normal to fight. So it was a an era obviously very different to ours, but I remember him telling me stories about um, his uncle Tom who'd walk from Albury to fight at the uh, Hensford, a professional fight where they threw wow. nubbins in. So they got nubbins, uh, how well they performed, they threw coins in just to, collected the coins up at the end to pay. So all these stories, so it was like, you know, he'd be saying, you know, we'd have to sort of, well, he'd use a, he'd use a ruler to see whether it'd be quick enough. We'd put our hands on the table, he'd try to do what, the metal engineering rulers and try and smack your fingers, see if you could pull it away and you had to punch it in the stomach. Um, 
throw things at you, throw things at you, ornaments at you, and you have to block it, you know. <laughs> That's like that film Dodgeball, isn't it? You dodgeball. Feeding the fuel. So these stories, these... The, so we sort of these family members became here, you know, that's what I wanted to emulate, you know, those stories becoming powerful. And of course he was sort of, I get, he definitely would be frowned upon now as sort of child rearing practices, but he was going. So every day I was coming up from infant school and I'd spend a lot of time at my grandparents. Um, and he'd be going to your cock of the school yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, so he's good, yeah, uh, yeah. the best fighter at the school yet. Yeah. So the aim was, that's what I got to be. So education, my parents were, were, you know, quite supportive of education. But for as far as my, my granddad went, it was can you fight? And he was always emphasising, don't be a bully, but fight. But um, yeah. so he paid. He paid for me to go to karate to start with. So it was that. But then he also tested me out later on to see if his money was. <laughs> where he yeah, got it was good, proper karate. Yeah, it man. Was worth, yeah, it was worth his money, sort of thing. So yeah, so that area really was. Uh, so that's how I got into sort of interesting yeah. fighting. But he was also, he was, a, he was an interesting character. And some of this I didn't really realise until after his death, really. <clears throat> For me, see, he'd always, I've been brought up with um, boxing heroes from, from that sort of time when I was fascinated by boxers. And Muhammad Ali particularly was a hero, but also Joe Frazier, I guess, even though they were rivals. Um, later on, George Foreman, Ken Norton, that sort of era, really, mm. of that. Boxers of the late 60s, 70s, um, 70s probably more likely. But um, but he'd also talked about older boxers. So he talked about the likes of Jack Johnson and um, really about, uh, and I guess some of those messages. And really at the time, I, I really genuinely thought he was racist. I really did because some of the argument, you know, so we had big debates about, I think at that time, the Rivers of Blood speech had come out, Enoch Powell's Oh, Rivers Enoch Powell. Mm. Yeah, and so he would he, he would push you know, these. Actually, ideas. just to pause you there. Cormac, you know that Enoch that Enoch Powell speech there. That was actually about my primary school. Was it? He was talking about yeah, it was about West Park School in Reens. Yeah, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't know that way. I just I, I remember this bit. I remember. I don't remember the speech actually. I remember my granddad speaking about it and saying, "Look, he was almost challenging me to defend it because he, he actually really liked all the boxers. I mean, that's how I got into it. You know, that's how I, I knew these mm. boxers." And I thought, you know, and it would, I'd be, he'd be sort of challenging me on these things. I'd challenge back. And it wasn't until later, I was speaking to mom years later and saying, oh, you know, I thought Timmy Grandin was a bit racist. She goes, no, I don't think he was. He had friends who were black. I goes, what do you mean? So, yeah, we had a black family stay with us in the 40s. He took a, he took mm-hmm. a black family in. And, and so I think it was really just to, to part of the process of toughening me up and making me defend myself and, you know, and argue my perspective, really. He was actually... Yeah, even though, verbally as well as physically. Yeah, yeah, sort of verbally as well, yeah, because he was, he was quite bright, even though, to be honest, he, he, you know, he was a bit of a rogue, to be fair, as a kid, we had to go and, you know, the, we didn't have a great deal of money and he would, uh, he, he'd, and he's gone now, so no, no, no coming back. So as, as kids, we used to have to push a wheelbarrow around and he'd throw bread. He worked at a bakery, he'd throw bread and sacks of donuts over the over the fence and he'd sort of distribute it to all the family. You know, so he was a, like a Robin Hood of the area, you know, be giving out wheelbarrow sort of full of bread. You know, so an interesting character, um, but you know, not exactly um wouldn't be exactly held up as a a, a, a model of child rearing behaviour now. But to be fair, very yeah. influential to me and, and you know the fact that you know, and and I guess shaped attitudes and and interests for me over the years. Yeah. So if I was to play this song, can you hear that? Yeah. 
It's my jam. Big tune. So tell me about this, because this, this, this is something I haven't heard before. But look at the lyrics, I was like, all right, okay. Yeah, so talk to me about this. So what this is, was, uh, he, was, he actually was English, and the grandma was English, but his, his mom, his great grand, uh, um, was actually very sensible, yeah, very, very sensible and astute. Uh, she, she was half Irish, and, and I think that's where he got his... Is so he was mad on Irish music, mm. but also mad on Ireland. So he'd, you know, be very. I'd walk grounds as a kid. He'd be racing grounds, but he'd also sort of mix in with the local uh, travellers, the Irish travellers, and he'd be like, we'd have, we'd have sort of, he'd breed fighting cocks, he'd train fighting cocks in the garden, and <laughs> he'd got these grounds. It'd be like, you know, it's. Uh, so, so, so you would, and these are these are actually rebel songs. So this was, and I didn't again at the, immediately at that time. They were just songs he played, but later on it was it was these. This was songs about the black and tans, which was the sort of original. It was about really the original rebel songs, the original Irish Republican Army, were, were when England was actually sort of um, it was they getting their independence, I guess, and they were they were badly treated. The Irish were very badly treated. By 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 England at that time, and these were the the rebel songs. So the Black and Tans were the were the English invade. Well, really, those and those were supporting them in Ireland. Really, the Black and Tans. So this particular song was a rebel song against that time, that, that oppression. So whilst it's not the same, I don't think it's the same. I, I definitely didn't condone, wouldn't have condoned anything that came after with the sort of the troubles in the seventies. This was different. This was in the twenty. This was this was in the twenties. Now this was a, a and, and there was definitely shit, you know, Irish people got shot at sports stadiums. It was a, it was a, a, a yeah. well, I, I guess some of these, you know, the theme really reflected that sort of um, idea about, you know, these were definitely people who were, their, their country was invaded. And we were, they wanted, they wanted independence. And obviously this went through the British Empire, really. Um, but this was, uh, this, this was one of the rebel songs. And so this was a, a number of the sort of, Influences I didn't re actually realise at this time it was a political song, but they were, and it is about that. And, and going to Ireland and speaking with some of the lads over there, uh, particularly some of the ones who know about Irish history, you know, they, they would tell me the stories about, you know, mm. about that. And my uncle, even though he wasn't a blood relative, he actually, as a boy, he was, he was, he was much older than he was as old as my granddad, really. He, um, as a boy, he'd actually make bullets. So he's, he'd make bullets at the bottom of his garden that to, to fuel. <laughs> and things and yes. It's like Will and All in it, dude. He was a normal guy who was terrified the rest of his life. He came to England, worked, I don't know where, I think he worked in a, in a battery factory somewhere. It, it, but he was terrified the IRA had come and claim him back because he was part of the original, because his family and that were in this original, this movement about the black and tans, you know, the, against the black mm -hmm. and tans. It was in the original sort of IRA, if you like. And I was, I carried his coffin when he, when he died. And there was, they did, there was some IRA guys came over to it. This was Real. a long time ago. But at that sort of, so it was that period really. So that was, that was where it came from, from my granddad really, and his, his love of Ireland and, um, and and the the values that I guess of that culture, you know, particularly older, the older culture where you know being strong and tough and uh, mm. but yeah, that, that that 
as well as the, the sort of black country working class culture from from the UK as well. That was went through everything really. You know, that was important to him. So seeing that, like, obviously martial arts and that sort of thing is a big part of both your lives. And um, like, if you if you if you go to like cinema, obviously, like Budapan, we're talking about like f um, media, cinema, film, events, whatever actually happening. And, and if if you look at like uh, martial arts films, an undercurrent of martial art film is always like the underdog coming back, training up and yeah. beating a, an oppressor. And like what you're saying there, kind of about the Irish thing, is kind of like the same kind of story, isn't it? You know what I mean? Where it, you've got yeah. somebody that are being suppressed and fighting back against it. So it's a kind of similar story, isn't it, really? I think that's exactly right, Trevor. I think that's that, that would be something that I took on board all the time, really. I think, you know, that the fact that that's, uh, that's important for me, that, you know, that everybody's treated with respect and fairly, and then when they're not, mm. if they overcome their oppressors, that's great, to be, to be honest. Um, you know, so I've always, you know, I'd, I'd say that that's exactly true, really. Uh, it's, the, the, I mean, certainly... As far as I, I say, I was always right from junior school. I was fighting, and I was interested in it. Um, but martial arts really came in. It was actually the TV program. So I'd started boxing um, at about 12, 11, 12. But by, but then the kung fu program came on in the early seventies. That bad boy. That's it, Michael Carradine. Yeah. I, don't <laughs> I don't think he actually could do himself but it's certainly that program and it was the it was not it was not just the fact that he could fight it was the it was that humility but also the fact that it was backed by well it was it's Darius philosophy actually but but it got me into actually looking at sort of Japanese Zen Buddhism and some of the underpinnings of the samurai ideas and mm. and things so it became important really that did that that I was fixed you know fixated on the program and very interested in it and interested in Doing it, and that sort of got me into doing. Um, well, I tried to get into kung fu, and they wouldn't let me in. I was too young, um, and so I got. I did karate. I started karate when I was thirteen, and that, that got me yeah. into martial arts proper. And I think, to be honest, Trev, it could have gone either way then, because I was fighting. I wasn't particularly angry with people. I was just fighting because that's what I thought was the good thing to do. Because I was sort of that was the the you know what my granddad was telling me. And but I think martial arts gave me that discipline really to not not go down a route to just fight for the sake mm. of it no point in fighting unless there's a decent opponent and they'd usually trained and there's no point disrespecting because they'd also train the same as you you know that sort of idea really yeah yeah so dean so we, we talked about like sort of tony's upbringing and the influence of his his granddad and sort of that that kind of mentality about fighting as a culture coming into what he was doing bringing up and like maybe fighting was pushed as a thing to sort of right if you if you're good at fighting and you show respect and humility, that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, talk about you as sort of coming up. Was fighting ever part of your thing coming up, like with, you, with your yeah, family yeah. or friends or relations or anything like that? Well, my, my dad used to like kickboxing and used to do a little bit of this and that, really. I don't know what you'd even call it now. Um, my thing was, I was just small. So I always wanted to be able to protect myself. I couldn't, I couldn't fight. I wasn't a fighter. Like, I'm not like my brothers are. My brothers can fight. But at a young age, I could fight. Um, I learned fighting later on, so my thing was more... I was more into like things that weren't cool at the time. So I was into things like long-distance running, dancing. That was me. I wasn't into fighting, but I used to love watching fights. So, mm -hmm. like, watching uh, UFC early on, 
we used to wait for my dad to come back from the gym because he'd come back with videos. But he never had no rules and no weight classes. And you see man in jeans. And the man walks into the ring in jeans. And that's when I paid attention. But I did like a little bit of karate. Didn't really stick it. I never stuck anything. Even with tie boxing, I've never bought a pair of gloves in case I don't stick it. <laughs> what 20 years on yeah <laughs> I might not do the watch yeah I might, I might I might pack it in I've got a couple of world titles but yeah you know what I mean might not work out for me don't want to waste money what was that don't want to waste money unnecessarily well, exactly, exactly. exactly. there's always some gloves lying around in it weren't there still wet <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I did, I did really in basketball couldn't play football. I was actually quite a good striker though, because I didn't know where the ball was going, so I able to keep and know it was gonna go. <laughs> I think it, it goes there, it might go there, I don't know. But um no, I've never never really no, until I met I met Tony, then I started taking risks and that went off. Yeah, that was yeah. probably the biggest influence really. So that wasn't really so you said like you were you were small when you were younger, you were quite small. Were you ever sort of bullied, picked on, felt like you you wanted to learn how to defend yourself? What what kind Not of? Not really, because I had like what I did was I was clever, Trev. You know what I mean, mm. like, I got some big friends. <laughs> so what I did was That's I was the biggest person in my school, and my cousin in the year above was the toughest one in his year, so he mm. could look after. So I went into secondary school, and I was like, nervous about going there. And I got there, and I think I was one of the smallest. Yeah, I've been one of the about three of us that were really small. Um, and that was like, you always, always wanted to grow. And then when you worked out, when you met this sport, you realised you don't want to grow. No, stay where you are. Keep the weight where you are. No, man. You don't, man. You don't want to, you don't want to like, because like heavyweight, man, it's like Godzilla movies, mate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I was never overweight. I was under height. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, no, mate, no, it's absolute animals heavyweight. My dad's always just encouraged, encouraged me to do. Um, I did it purely just to keep it. I never, never really thought there'd be a career in it for me, or never did it for that. Mm. So yeah, it's a, it's a crazy journey, man. We, we want to go into that. We want to go into that. So okay, so gents, Tony, Tony especially, but Deed as well, man. What, what? When I show you this. What memories does that conjure up? <laughs> For me, it was um, it was actually about, it was all around it, Trev as well. I mean, obviously the the film was we wanted to get into it desperately. He wasn't actually old enough. My brother was even younger still, so it was like drawing a moustache on him to try so he'd, he'd get through the you know the over eighty. So I was, I was like there with an <laughs> We definitely did not look 18, but they never seen him. We felt it, but yeah, I'm enjoying him with the gosh, turkey look. You know, he's about, I don't know, we'll see about 13, I think. But yeah, no, it was important. It was important again, it was that part of that that culture of um, the kung fu culture of the fighting, and, and I guess the fighting. A mixed style, actually, which in the end we tr I tried to do, but, you know, before Muay Thai, actually. Uh, but yeah, no, so it was it was a, a it was obviously an iconic film at the time, and it was a and I, I'd have watched a number of the films. I still think Enter the Dragon probably that idea of a competition where everybody was on a boat and fights was was good. 
you know, was, mm. was Hans Island, all that business. Yeah, yeah. that's it, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so obviously you were you were sort of going old, getting older now, and then understand you started to work on the doors and stuff. Old, no, no, no. Well. <laughs> I'm talking about the no, no, man, in, in your story. <laughs> I like you to have back trip. I like you to keep back. You see that? You see that rewind? You see that one? Nice. <laughs> Moonwalk. <laughs> Draw breaks. Draw breaks. So um yeah, so you you're starting to get more interested in martial arts. Obviously as yeah. a as a kid you were fighting a bit. So then what happens? Do you, you start to understand that you used to work on the doors and stuff, right? That, that was there. Yeah, that was a bit lighter, Trev. So I think the yeah. with them, yes, I did work on the doors. That was, I was, yeah, I was 19. So I'd gone to art college, but <laughs> before, before that sort of, I'd gone to the karate and I, I was again trying to find the best club um, that I could. And, and one of the, so I was me and a friend, um, I ended up working on the door with Mark, Mark Smith. We, I used to go on the back of his motorbike to Birmingham to, in fact, Weirdy Castle, which is not a million miles from where I live now, to be honest, but there was a KUGB club there. And um, and they were, a, they were a good club. So it was KUGB Birmingham. They, they were a decent fighting club. And it was good. It was, for me, I'd been brought up in a very white area. I think there were two kids. In fact, the lads, a couple of lads who trained me later on, the Douglas family who... who um, live locally but every, it was a very white area you know at that time and probably still is actually Hensford so I'd had even though I got like lots of black heroes Muhammad Ali was you know one of my real kids heroes um as I said but but there when I went there is actually when I first interacted properly with non-whites I guess you know and, and I was one of a couple of lads in the team mm. who were all white and, and and but that was important not only that was important for me because of how it didn't matter that I was white and they were black, to be honest. I was, they took me on board. They, you know, I was a raster, a lad who was older than I was. I was about sort of 17. What, what sort of age were you at this point? Tony? I was 17. So I was 17. Yes, so going out there, I was about 17. And, and, but he was um, you know, fatherly almost. Do you know what I mean? He looked after me and we went to, went to fight at different places. Um, I remember going to, you know, traveling around, fighting. Liverpool was a big sort of, and, and some really good lads. There's some really good fighters there. Ronnie Christopher, uh, I call Ronnie Matt, uh, yeah, Ronnie Cannings. They did. Ronnie Christopher particularly was European champion. He's really good, very good, you know, very good fighter. But for for me, it was you know the one guy who, who really looked after me, and that sort of, my, I guess my well, I'll set the scene for martial arts. I think being a real leveler but also you know integration and how you you know it didn't really matter what what anybody's skin color was to be honest it was about you were trying to be the best you could be and everybody was supporting everybody else and i think that's been really important you know it's been really important for me so it was a mm. an important time for me in that you know first of all i guess coming a you know bit mixing it really genuinely in, in a context with with non-whites, and that seems strange, but that was just the nature of the area I grew up in, really. Even though I'd mm. say, didn't take me much, I'd had heroes, you know, I'd, I'd followed, and I'd followed the sort of thing, you know, I remember reading a story about Muhammad Ali having to throw his, his medal, his gold medal in the river, because I wouldn't let him in a, a cafe. Do you know what I mean? Is those things were sort of already a bit mm. like, and, and and I guess that, that sort of interaction there was, was really important for me, particularly. Yeah. That's the karate bit that was sort of going to the karate bit 
um, that was quite, you know, important and influential. And hopefully, I think that that, that met, you know, that sort of theme about integrating and, you know, people coming together and supporting each other has gone through martial arts, really, that, you know, I've been involved in at least. Yeah. So when I play this this song for you, Does that remind you of what sort of time? That, that time, Travis, that time, just even then, the first exposure to reggae music, to be honest, you know, a, a lot of things, really. I mean, it was like, your parents, you know, you, you sort of absorb, you absorb a culture, don't you? you know, you start absorbing cultures around you, information, you know, etc. I remember even, uh, I'm talking on the phone to friends on the team, and, and I was going, what do you think you like that for? Because we're hey man, you know, you know, just sort of absorb the language, the attitude, then you begin to absorb things. So the music, but the influences really, you know, were around that time. So it was a, it was a good time for me. That you know, even though I'd have to say I prefer style-wise Muay Thai, it was a good time for me. That it's yeah. good people. But yeah, that 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 sort of um, reggae scene and the you know the. It was, it was, it was, it was good, and it was, it was around, you know, that that time. I started, I was at art. I started art college as well at that point, and it was later on, sort of the end of when I was at art college that I started working on the door. So it was sort of the end of that time. We, while I was at art college, we were it was a bit of a mod revival. So I was, you know, wearing suits and stuff. Before then, I was pretty sort of, I guess, uh, early seventies were pretty like not exactly. I've had long hair. I had bushy hair. You know, it was sort of wow. like. A, Dean, have you seen any photos of that, mate? What sort of photos are there? Tony with the. Oh, is he Tony with an afro? I want to stay. So, so you know, it was, it was, a, it was a, it, that, the tra- sort of transition to the mods and and that really at that point, and then I started working on the door trip. That was that yeah, was yeah. the introduction door rather than the. The karate. So I was already doing karate, um, and I'd already do a bit of boxing, but I, that's that's where I started. So, so what what started you going on the door? Was it like a normal transition because the other lads were doing that as well, or what, was, what was, was the? the well, really, it was like I, I much to my parents' dismay. So I got to the art college. I said, you know what, mom, I don't really want to do this. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like drawing. I want to put I someone like in the face. So they took it for well, really. So I didn't have a great deal of money, but they'd supported me through this art college idea. Um, but I just didn't really like it in the end. I, I was, but by then I was painting portraits for people and, and, and I was trying to get some money really. And somebody said, well, you know, do you fancy coming on the door? And initially, just doing groups. So it was a group, a group. We need somebody to watch us when we got these, these sort of um, venues, you know, sort of. And I said, yeah, I'll come, I'll come and do it. So one of the lads actually was at art college. So we both did it initially. And in the end, I worked at the art college. I was at an art college in Stafford that I think in the end transitioned to an FE college in the end. But the first main door job I got was in Stafford at what's called Top of the World in Stafford, which is a fairly big nightclub at that time um and it was sort of, you know, about three stories a restaurant on top and three or three dance floors or whatever um and that's where i said you know in terms of the door which also 
influenced in terms of practicalities of using martial arts in a, in a sense of what's real and what really works and what doesn't was a was an eye opener at that point. But I worked there for yeah. a long time. I worked in that stuff in Melbourne for a long time. I didn't go to places. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What kind of martial arts did you use on the door? Um, well, the martial arts, we I taught, basically, Dean, it was a mix, it was an eclectic mix of karate and jiu-jitsu. Why, why, why is Dean laughing? <laughs> why is Dean laughing? I'm going to say this, anything that's oh, or anything that's I've interpreted as me being violent or breaking the law in any possible way, <laughs> <laughs> It was a hybrid of. <laughs> I did a bit of jiu-jitsu. I thought the chugs were good, Trev. Um, so I used to like. So I trained the dormant. So I became head dormant. I was tiny, really, defensively, guys. I, mean, we had, I worked with guys who were 20 odd stone, big, big lumps. And there were a range of people, strange, you know, a strange, eclectic mix of people from. I think we had an accountant working for us who I don't think had seen violence, really. But, you know, we got some other. A, a range of people, a range of people. So it was interesting. But we, I used to, um, you know, then used to use, I used to use the the Stafford Leisure Centre for um, training people. So we, we not just fighting, to be fair, Trev. You know, to, to put a, a, a more sort of civilized spin on it. I realised that actually a lot of the trials fights every night. When I first worked, it was fights absolutely every night, kicked off every single night of the week. Uh, there were some good guys there. One guy, Paul, I remember a farmer, real good, you know, really good dance, salt of the earth, not aggressive, nasty guy, but really could, could handle himself. But then I realized actually, so half, half the troubles, the doorman, half the trouble that's causing the just kickoff, starting it off in the first place, the doorman, yeah. just the attitude, the way they're working. And and there's so we worked, and I thought, you know, at the time I was trying to be an entrepreneur, you know, Trevor was thinking, oh, well, you know what, we could sell this idea to Banksy's Brewery. Um, I'd, I'd sort of done an offshoot a bit later on with um, working, doing, providing doorman for, for pubs in Cannock. Um, yeah, like an agency. Also, yeah, sort of. It's, it yeah. was a bit different then. You didn't have badges then, Trev. In fact, you couldn't mm. find out from the police what, any, you know, if anybody had criminal records, they wouldn't tell you a thing, you know, so it was a, a bit of a different time. Um, but but I tried to sell the idea of aggression management to, to Banksy's Brewery, so sort of looking at how you talk to people, you know, points, contact points, but, you know, particular points that kick things off, like the end of the night and how you calm things down, lighting mm. music, so how you use music to sort of control if things are getting out of hand, softening things down, you know, changing the atmosphere, so mm. all things like that. I think the one guy there just tried to nick the idea in the end, but we didn't get anywhere with it anyway. So my oh, entrepreneurial yeah. days have been a, you know, trying, to, trying to sell this thing to never worked out but but what we carried on using that sort of stuff really hey eh? you talk to people body language get down to them talk to them pleasantly if you've got to restrict make sure it's not you personally you're saying look these are the rules of the club you know if you want to come back and wearing whatever it is that the latest thing is you got you know couldn't get women trainers originally we just had to cut the hair so if the hair was over the collar they could come in if they had a haircut that was you know was wow. some crazy crazy rules Trevor. that time you know this yeah. was uh but it, but it was uh, you know it worked it really reduced the the you know by by saying look it's not it's not our rules you come back wear and get we we'll let you in free you know we we're not it just eased things up it was it was good yeah. but I used to try so and where, so, so where did you learn that from where did that come from so that sort of knowledge to understand that actually it's not just like I banging just, people out left right and centre is going to stop people 
coming in to get banged out again. It's actually talking to yeah, him in a certain yeah, way. Yeah, I think it's just just an this observation. Just an observation. Mm. The fact he's just trying to help. Let's have a look. You know, it seems mm. to be where are the where are things kicking off? Well, it's when you go to people, get out, and you know, in a nasty way, or confronting people, things start off or. When people are drunk at the end of the night and they don't want to finish the point off, but if you make it clear, because they're not really sure it's finished, do you know they didn't notice that that the the anything had stopped and they just want another beer. Whereas if it's clear and the lights come on and there's no interaction, bar stuff, they've you know there's just points where it was it was just common sense. Some of it was common sense and some of it was experience dealing with yeah. people. I, you know, I was very used to dealing with. People who are being very aggressive, sometimes drunk and aggressive, and and so you get you get an idea of how to pull the tension down a bit, you know, and how to calm them down, how to talk to them, how to get them to you know, even move them to a different place. So there's lots of subtleties we tried out, you know, as well as how to get people out physically, but sort of almost how to calm them down and how yeah. not to be so aggressive and, and and spark that off. Yeah, but that was so so it was a bit of an eclectic mix that we're trained in, uh, sort of. Which, which involves like a mix of karate, boxing, and jiu-jitsu. Uh, originally with no gloves on, but then given facial damage and stuff. And he's trying to do boxing gloves as well. So I, I don't know. So, uh, so you wore... Hold <laughs> on. And the gouge, we had to pop the gouge in the eyes. That was bad. We had to start to look. We had to stop this. We did get that piece of... You didn't, that actually sounds a bit more extreme than it was. We allowed people to press eyeballs. Oh, no, no, you know, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we allowed people to press, press eyeballs. Yeah, but we, we stopped that. Because it was just too dangerous. It Even though I realised that was the step we found. Oh, that's all right then. If you could just press it, that's all right, man. That's safe. <laughs> we stopped, we stopped that, we stopped that. So, but it's a... So press eyeballs. Like MMA, to be honest, yeah. So it was a bit, so a bit more like MMA at the time than Muay Thai. It wasn't refined. It was um, just what we were, works. We were practiced in it. I was practiced in it. <laughs> Did this thing have a name, or was it just like? No, what, not really. What, what, what is this? You just... uh, well, we sort of not really, not really. We called it. I think one time I called it combat karate, but you know. It wasn't really anything. It wasn't really a. It was nothing yeah. to do with karate. It was a different thing. Kind of karate. Nah, fair play. Nah, that's wicked. That's wicked. So yeah. So the, this was your, your sort of first foray into seeing and understanding what actually works in a real situation, in a life situation. Sort of putting it to the test. So what what kind of thoughts did you have about? Yeah, so what sort of what? thoughts did you have about karate at that point? Did you think it worked or um, did so? I think I think I think it worked the, the way we train. I'm not saying karate per se doesn't work at all. I think some people mm. some people actually from it was a couple of lads at, at Birmingham Club could really and, and the Cannock Club to be fair could really fight. But I'm not mm. sure how much that was karate and how much it was just anybody just them. fighting. They were very natural athletic and and you know and have been involved in it and, and learned some stuff i'm not saying it doesn't i've got mates who are actually very good and it would be very good if they had to defend themselves but it but it for me some of the things i thought could be tweaked and improved on you know uh mm. i guess because i've had boxing you know, a boxing experience and you know it, and i'd work you know sort of on the door i, I got to mm. find out what was really what i thought was really useful and what i found to be effective and i guess i had to be because i've 
as I say, I'm small compared to, well, I think I was the smallest doorman, um, but I was, I was absolutely fine, Trevor. I was able to, to be okay on the door. But yeah, both, both, yeah. Are, you know, I was able to, the stuff did, we did worked very well, to be honest, Trevor. Yeah. It was very efficient. So I was fine for, I worked on the door from up until I started in higher education. So for about 20 years, I worked on the door. So I'd had a long wow. career on the door. Any scrapes that you care to share with the group? <laughs> one, or two, one or two scrapes, Trev, but I'll probably... I'll leave vague. Yeah, be, be vague, man. I don't want to hear about stuff that you've done. I want to hear about stuff that you may have seen. That's what okay. I want to say. Well, a number of things that I've saw, I've saw, one of the funny things I saw, Trev, was because we had a few characters trying to get in and we weren't very happy about stock coming in and stuff. And the one guy was really, and they'd bang on the door and they'd give you all, you know, we had these we had these sort of big, big solid wooden doors. There were wooden doors at the front of this top of the world. And the one guy goes, I'm coming back and shouting, yeah, which was normal. You know, we normally expected every, when we couldn't let somebody in for some reason, we'd always expect some boost. But then the guy actually drove around, it's the first time and last time, thankfully anybody did, he drove around to the front of the door, front of the door, parked his car on the path. It was a fairly wide path, parked half of it on the path, got, went, got out of his boot, this chainsaw. I thought, wait, boy, he's got a chainsaw, he's going to try and cut the door out and come in. But good news is, Trevor, I think he forgot the petrol or everybody because he was going... Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he couldn't start it. He couldn't start it. And he couldn't start We were sort of gouging a bit <laughs> when we realised it actually didn't work. But it was... Uh, yeah, there were a few. There were a few highlights. <laughs> <laughs> No children or animals were harmed in the making of that one, so it was all right. Oh, man. <laughs> madness, man. Madness, madness, madness. Oh, my days. Dude, come with a chainsaw, you know. Oh, my No petrol. No petrol. <laughs> well, I assume, mate, I don't know really that much about Did... a chainsaw, but it didn't work anyway. Yeah. So... Oh, that's that's crazy. That's madness, man. <laughs> nah. So, okay. So, wow. So, you you test out real life situations with dudes with chainsaws and other 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 situations, no doubt. Yeah. So, what brought you to start to look into into Muay Thai? Well, what it was was this, the, you know, so I was training these guys, actually training mechanics. So some of the, uh, uh, they would, uh, mates, they're uh, still mates now, so, you know, some of these guys who trained at the time, Big Sai, they were, they were fighting. They were, um, there was a lad called Yuk, Yuk Fung, who became, you know, a, a champion in Muay Thai later on, but he at the time, and another guy like Craig Strap, and they were all training in this, this sort of system. We were using gloves then, it was a bit more civilised. We weren't, you know, we were, so it was quite a bit of stand-up, occasionally grappling, you know, on the floor um and they wanted an outlet for it and and there was no mma at that point or if there was there was no you know it wasn't popular enough for anybody to know about and so i was working as i say i was running this security company and me and another guy who would uh, who, in fact i'd had a what well, it was ended up is you end up as a mate you know how this fighting sometimes it's like a you end up mates even though you've had a, a bit of a, a a go to so this guy he was a nice guy but he turned up to the i used to run a a, a club with this sort of mixed system stuff in um, Warsaw Wood, 
from Brown Hills. And uh, he turned up and said, I want to I want to fight. I was like, no, we're finishing now. You know, we've, we're actually finishing the club now. Come next week and you can spar. He goes, no, no, I want to fight. So we turned, so it was in the car park. So we had to look because it wasn't my, I didn't have the key. It was locked up. So I said, okay, what we'll do, we've got gloves on. You get, we get, at least we'll agree if you have gloves on. His name was Ian Taylor. We'll have gloves on and we'll put headlights on the, so it was, the car park was headlights. We had this spar. I ended up knocking him out. And, and rather than being, I remember he's doing nothing. He was sound. I mean, he was just, honestly, he was a sound lad. Not only that, just to, sure, just to make sure this was not a one off, he came the next week. So this is, don't put him off. He came the next week and said, I wanted that again, just to <laughs> test out. <laughs> make sure it wasn't lucky. Make sure it was a lucky shot. So we did it, we did it all over again inside this time. But he, he became a right. mate, you know. We put this um, show on. So we put this show on in, in Can it was actually in Canic and it was at the theatre. So it was a theatre. We put this show on, which was a Muay Thai kickboxing show. And I had no idea about this. And we spent far too much money on nonsense. Like we we had silver plated trophies, actually proper so no, not the plastic proper. ones that you get and green where the heads fall off. These were silver plated trophies. We had a no, we paid the cult style stuff, yeah. It was proper, proper, <laughs> proper stuff. We had a proper buffet for everybody. So everyone was keen to come and fight. So we had I think on the show at the time there was like Eval Denton fought on it and and we had some of the some of the lads from from some of the gyms in Manchester. It was the first time I met um so some of the guys I never, you know, never come across before, but in the end they became they became mates really. Darren Phillips, for example, brought somebody down, and um, Tony Moore, and in in the in mm. out of the fighters, really, I guess where Muay Thai came in. So our lads did actually really well. The ones who fought kickboxing won. Yuki fought a British Muay Thai champion in his very first fight, and he was tiny. So Yuki was always lighter than his opponents he was you know he's uh but he was incredibly tough and he gave this guy a run for his money and i think after think you know the guy was shocked um he didn't win you didn't win but he he fought his heart out and he gave him oh, trouble wow. and but but i was so so was one of the lads on the show paul bates um who i know fought some of the lads eventually you know from thailand it, i was impressed with his technique at the time so i thought Do you know what even though we did okay on this show, the lads, you know, we had some lads who won and um, it, yeah, by knockout, etc. I think it was, uh, you know, I need to get the, what the stuff we're doing is not the optimal stuff. And so I went up, I used to travel to Manchester to Tony Moore, um, to his, his gym in Clayton, just to catch the train. Um, he picked me up from the station and, and on a train and uh, it was him that really gave me a link to Thailand. So he gave me, he said they'd set a gym up and me, Will, who started then as well, Will, Will uh, Hastings, who became um, my first champion, Will, in 96, British champion, and also just after that voted by B, the British Thai Boxing Council and the Combat Magazine as fight, uh, pound for pound, best fighter in the UK. So he had a, a great career, Will. Um, it was what we did. Uh, we went to this gym in, it was south of, south of Bangkok called Bampei, a guy called Arjan Tong running. They couldn't speak any English, but it was a really, it was a, a, a real good experience. Um, and that's where I first taste the Thailand and I realised actually, you know what, what we're doing in England, we need to really look at really. It, it doesn't feel to me like it's the same. 
Um, so and, so and again, not even the same martial art, you think? It didn't look like the same thing, you know, it didn't feel mm. the same, it didn't seem the same. Um, and so, again, another contact Tony Moore gave me um, was um, to a guy called Pimu, um, who we'd met at, with General Pinsinchai at World Muay Thai Council meeting. And so I, the next time I'd gone, well, no, in the meantime, me and Yuk, we went to Chiang Mai and trained in Chiang Mai. But the year after, I phoned Pimu um, and said, you know, can I come, can I come and train with you? And he, and he took me over to it. So, you know, I went to his um, apartment, he sent me up to this apartment um, and he said, I'll pick you up and drop you off. And I trained at Pinson Chai Camp, which was was amazing at that time. It was really good. So he got six champions. I know some of some of the lads you'll have met, yeah, Thailand, Pinson Chai, for example, was a young lad then. No, mm. um, he, he, you know, he had an enduring career and now he's a great coach. And Thailand's been a friend, you know, for a long time and been to the mm. UK. But, he, you know, at that time it was... It was amazing to me, and Pimu was like, well, he was nice. I'd, I'd train with some Japanese guys who were good, tough, but nasty. You know, they were enough. Pimu was ruthless in training, but really nice after. So it was a nice change. You know, it was a nice change. Really, his attention to detail was great. He's sort of, you know, very, very spent lots of time, hours talking and explaining how, how scoring works. You know, he took me to the stadium. I don't have a good clue. I was new boxing about boxing. I knew no clue about Muay Thai so he was explaining why this fighter had won and so I'd sit and make notes every night so he looked after me really well there's a guy that again was typical Pimu style so there's a guy turned up after a week I was there uh, the first time the first shock was Pimu said uh, okay maybe we'll walk for a week there's what we'll walk for a week yeah yeah because you can't walk you can't you have to learn to stand and walk he said when I was a boxer I uh, walked for two months uh, only walk. Oh, God, man. I thought, well, I've got to do it. I'm going in for it. You know, I will do it. What's this in the ring footwork thing? This footwork, footwork is it? Yeah, footwork. Right. For a, yeah. So we'll do a week footwork. But in the end, it, it was only a day, so it was not too bad. So it was okay. But then we got this guy from Holland came the second week, Robert, um, who didn't take quite so well to some of the... It was a different style. You know, the Dutch style, very good fighters, but quite a different sort of style. Mm. And uh, but but I sort of picked up on the things to do by then, so I'd had a week of training with him. But Robert still was having struggling adjusting, uh, and Pimmy was sort of you know in his usual warm way was helping him. So he'd go, Tony, what you do? You look at Robert. If he doesn't keep his chin down and pull properly, you hit him. Uh, okay, let's go, Rob, 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 do it, do it, do it, do it. Right, keep your legs. So we had to do this. Tell us, set us doing 500 knees, and you're doing it, you've got to do it strict. And and uh, Robert, you know, it, it phase out a bit because you do get a bit bored doing it. But I was sort of focusing, I thought, I've got to keep doing it, I've got to do it. And then he said, Tony, look, Robert, not do it. You hit Robert now. So I sort of half sort of punched him in the shoulder. He goes, No, you hit Robert hard now. Poor Robert in the end broke up. He left about a week later. He never managed it. But, but if, you know, that sort of idea about Bimu's um, way of managing, you know, people who might be sort of uncomfortable and stressed by situations carried on to a situation which later, I won't mention any names, but I was trying to say, how can I help, how can I help this person get over the fact that he's sort of not really performing properly? Tony, you need an arm. I said, he meant a stick. And you hit him. <laughs> if you lick him hard enough, he'll do it. Learn not to angry. <laughs> that was the, 
it was like uh, so that relationship lasted obviously until his death really so i'd gone over every year became a member of his family and he was a member of my came to live with me and i went to live with him but he was a a character but also very very knowledgeable yeah, yeah that's familiar. yeah extremely knowledgeable about muay thai not, not you know it's not easy to be coached by i don't think lots of people you know if you could actually stick there and he coached lots of champions but i don't think it was particularly easy um he was very strict very sort of inch perfect which is great for me attention to detail was great and i learned to loads from him both in judging and in terms of coaching not probably so much in the psychology side of it you know and how to interact because he was very strict i probably turned a bit mm. i probably morphed a bit into him in some ways you know, i've got you less tolerance you've... That, that, you freaking you know, did you... on the pads, mate. You did. I bet you... <laughs> I'll, I'll vouch for that. You'll vouch for that as well, Dean, innit? It's shocking. He <laughs> had Pimu's watch. You know, Pimu's like, one more minute, one more minute. Yeah, Dean's had some, some, some experiences with Pimu, so he's definitely trained with Pimu. So he'll definitely be able to enlighten you about some of the, some of the things that um, yeah, the nuance. Yeah and in how to motivate people that can be used. So Dean, so talk to me that like, so obviously you've talked about, you started to talk about you at school, you thought you felt like you were, you were quite small, but you weren't really into fighting as yeah. such. But um, talk to me about the, your household when you were young, what, what are your sort of early memories uh, about family, about music, about yeah. watching things, yeah. things on TV, yeah. whatever, what, what were your influences? It's more music in my family. My dad had like a really nice hi-fi system, but back then you had like the equalizer <laughs> and I learned how to play a record. I remember my dad showed me how to put the pin on. You know, when you used to put the pin on, my dad had um, very talented, yeah. That's the Sunday morning. Um, and I'd be when my mom's doing now, or talking, we wake up with another food. And you, you haven't slapped the girl in the pot. That's what used to happen. Um, but, yeah, it was my, my household revolved a lot around music. I think that's why I'm so music orientated. So, like, mm -hmm. when, even with the kids now, like Mason now, he's got his favorite rapper. He puts on Josh Cure as his favorite reggae artist. He knows what he wants, and he's only he's eight years old. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think his mom listens to that much music. But when he comes here on a Sunday morning, like, I'll be cooking. It's just weird how the roles reverse, like how you get older, and you don't realize you get older. Until I'm telling my kids off because I thought I was getting told off for when I was younger. But yep. put my hand in the pot. But I'm telling them off now for a different reason. My nan used to tell me off, put my hand in the pot for taking the food, and it's got it's got to feed 17 people. Whereas I'm telling them off for my turning the health and safety aspects. So, <laughs> but um, no, it was not my whole like my upbringing was music. It was reggae music. Sunday, and it's also at weddings and funerals, isn't it? In Caribbean families, mm -hmm. find more. That's when all families get together. Um, so it's food, music. Sorry, I've got someone working on the house at the minute as well, so I'm just trying to listen out what's going on. Um, making sure know, he's not going upstairs. Do you know what I mean? Said well, I'm with a chainsaw in it. An apartment, so I ain't got no upstairs. You can go upstairs if you want. You probably get arrested. <laughs> so, um, but if I keep nipping out the camera, it's not because I'm being rude. It's just I've got this guy in, in here trying to put the Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem at all, bro. What do you think? Yeah, it's, it was it was heavily on music. But my dad was like, it's my mom's. My mom used to sing like when she used to cook. I remember mom singing a lot, and I can't sing, bro. I've tried. 
it don't work out as, as I, I remember it. <laughs> and my daughter's like, stop singing. Dad, you're going to make it rain. That's what I get told by my daughter. So, um, and my daughter sings. My son, my son's starting to like, he's trying to like spit a couple of bars now. I don't know what's going on. But I, I'm yeah. getting nervous. So, um, but yeah, it was from, from there really. It's all, all about music. I just remember Sunday morning significant. That was the day that I remember. Like when, Sunday morning's a reggae day. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah. And hearing yeah. tunes like this. Yeah. And then so, so what? What was the first tune you can remember? You ever, do, you, do you ever sort of buy music yourself, or the first, you know the I mean? first LP that I bought? I was in the garage era, so it's like I came along a little bit later. So I had yeah. like the Technic twelve tens, the decks. So I had that my birthday, and then uh, I was no good at it, so I had to get rid of those. And <laughs> no one will give up on anything I'm not good at. So uh, but my, the music I remember is. That's it. I remember um, R. Kelly 12 play, Snoop Dogg, going back, uh, uh, Public Enemy number one. Big. This is like my dad, this was my dad's collection, so he has banging music on, but I wouldn't have to buy them then, because I was still in school, so it wouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know so I mean? your, dad was this, your, your dad was this, these are quite a, a variety of different tunes and stuff as well. Yeah, I used to play it and try and make like a mixtape. You, you call it a mixtape now, I didn't know what it was then. You get like a, you know, the little cassettes, put it in. You could record what was going on in the, do you remember? Where you could record the LP. Now, when I talk to my, my son and my daughter about this, I feel old. <laughs> you don't even know what a cassette is. No, what's a cassette? What's that? Know what a cassette what's that? Yeah, uh, no, I know. So it was, yeah, I just said it was around, around that. Public Enemy number one probably being the first one I can remember. And, oh, God, what's the other guy's name now? Guru. Mm, yeah, we were from can remember. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so go, going into school now, so, so like, okay, so you, you're going into school. Where, where, where did you go to school? Is it Willenor, did you say? Yeah, I went to school with Willenor, um, yeah. Mm, yeah, so what are your memories from there, sort of music-wise and TV? What sort of year was this? All it that was really, that school was really weird because you had Bentley and you had Beachdale on the back. Beachdale's racist. Bentley and Beach, I used to fight each other because mixed race and black kids on Bentley. That's where I grew up. So you mm. almost meet in the middle. You'd be in school with these kids because you're like, oh, you're black this or you're this or you're that. I ain't going to use the language, but you get the idea. Um, mm. And you just kick off with a fight. But when one of you goes, all of you've got to go. But it was just that that was the way that it was. So you'll stick together. Mm. And all the others you stick together. So it was a bit of a weird mix, even at school discos, because I remember that's probably where I learned. <laughs> that's where my performing came from I just said like the lights and stuff like I love when I fight I'm nervous like Tony will tell you I'm nervous as hell when I fight I don't I love the experience but I'm so scared of it but that's the bit that I crave and I'm not getting it so it's like that mm. that point of not being in control of what could possibly happen that's the bit that I really enjoy um, when I was dancing and one of my cousins is a dancer as well so we, I remember just performing at a disco and there was, all, there was that, that kind of thing. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you missed that. that you you got to introduce that. you got to elaborate on the dancing thing, man. Do you know what I mean? When I was that. So you used to dance a lot? For, no, I used to dance. I didn't dance. I, I, could, I could dance enough. We We're we talking ballroom. We're talking ballroom now, yeah? No. It doesn't work. It's like, it'd be fashion. It's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't even know what I'm saying? No, you can't do that. 
He's a good is dancer. He? Okay. What was that? He said he's a good dancer. He said you're good. Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. I can hold my own at dance floor, but I'm not brilliant. I was better than Liam. That's all I got to say. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like K7 came out and it was um, crisscross. You learn all the dances. You wouldn't actually dance. You just learn their dances. Yeah. Then, then the, when it was there, it was like top of the pop. So you have to watch it, record it, and then play it back and play it again. Like now you can on YouTube. So this is what you, this is what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> right, right. What's the move now? Go, 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 go. Yeah. So how old are you when this is dropping? How old are you then? Probably fourteen. Probably. Mm. But then um it was like when it was like we were our first disco at 13, I think we didn't have it in our first year. I think it was third year. Um and then me and my cousins like performing a bit and well, he's my cousin, but one of my best friends, but we just like mm. performed a bit and we just but we practiced before like time and time again. For the next three weeks before that day, we practiced that. We having like where I stand these like you'd be able to flip if I could do it like a bat somersault. So you flip what? my head, flip my hands, so I could flip backwards. But he's six foot seven. Well, at that point, so <laughs> six foot two. I was five foot three. So imagine how high I'll go. I needed a passport when I left the ground. That's what I needed. It's taking out lighted and all sorts. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Wicked. So, so at school, you you still didn't right really sort of get involved in the fighting and stuff. But there was always a culture of people watching each other's backs. That's a good thing, you know what I mean? People supporting each other in that. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Goes, all go. But just, no, I didn't. I didn't like fighting. I, I don't even now. I, I'm not a fight. I've, I've got. I've got something in me where I don't want to fight. It's the last thing I want to do, and it's always mm. that always remained the same. I'll go if I need to go, but mm. it's all. No, it, I wasn't frightened of fighting. I just didn't like it. It was just not mm. me. It wasn't. Do you know what I mean? I just didn't have it, and I just thought that's when obviously when I came to the gym and met Tony, and he made me see it was just a science. So it could be science or with maths. I'm crap at maths, but give me a pattern, I can probably copy it. But I didn't like the idea of just that lottery of fighting of just I get in there, you get in there, you bang me, and I bang yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. First, first yeah. drops a pussy sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would say, I would say this to you that. It wasn't until I came to to Trojan and trained with Tony and your good self there that I realised that it wasn't like because I've trained at other places before and they got great fighters there and stuff and trained at Muay Thai at a different place but but I was because I was the biggest guy I was able to sort of just bully my way through things and think I was a bad man and then I came to Trojan and I spot I remember coming up on a Friday. And I thought Tony wasn't there. It was Winston. Winston Walker was holding the class. Yeah. And literally everybody in the gym bust my ass. Everybody. And, and it's not even like they were, they were trying to bang me out or anything like that. It was just scoring on me and taking the piss, which was worse. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody. I was like, this is a different thing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I literally know nothing. You know what I mean? And I remember sitting on the floor, putting my trainers on. And my hands were shaking. I was that knackered. I was just knackered. And Winston came up, he stood up, you know, that smile. He's like, 
You're right, Trev. You're safe. How you doing? <laughs> I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm alright, man. I'm alright. Do you know what I mean? I was in yeah. bits. I was literally in bits, and I was thinking, mate, this is a different thing in here because yeah. everybody was a fighter. You know what I mean? And I was just coming to the lion's den, seriously. And it was like listening to, watching people do pads and watching Tony teach and watching people like Winston, um, Crookie when he was there. And do you know what I mean? Seeing the, the differences in the speed and the differences in the concentration on technique and stuff, man. It was just, like you said, man, it's a science, man. It's just, it was a different, completely different thing. Like what probably what you saw when you went to Thailand and saw that, how the ties yeah. train compared to what you were seeing before. It's just, it's a different thing completely. You know what so I mean? Before, before joining with Tony, I went to another coach's class at Trojan. I'm not going to mention name, but I went to another class and it wasn't, that was fighting. That was mm. something I didn't want to do. But I didn't want to, I didn't want to fight. If you, if you make me, okay, you hit this person, they hit you. I bet I hit them and I don't get hit. I, bet mm, I don't get hit. 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 I mean, <laughs> but it was, um, it, it helped the fact that when I joined the gym, I wasn't well. So I've got time to actually digest things in my head. And mm. Wayne is much tougher than me. Like, Wayne is a tougher, in my head, Wayne is Big up Wayne, big up Wayne. Yeah, with his grey hair. But, um, he's here. I've got some here, man. I'm going bald. I'm a bit grey. Your grey hair would have been there. Good. Like when I first joined up, I could. I knew more. I knew how to score the sport before I could do it, and that was the best thing. So edge play football. If you don't know where the ball is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It was just always. It just it came easier to me, whereas Wayne was. A little bit more brash, but he was because he knew he could rely on his toughness. He was better at street fighting than I was, mm. so it was just like he relied on that a lot more. And then in the end, it, do, you know, do you know what I mean? He just kind of no disrespect him at all because he's, he's when he's a legend, like he's, one, he's my best friend. It was just like he just comes to a point where he just he just kind of like his toughness was getting him through, and he wasn't he wasn't doing the right things. Like Tom went off to Thailand. And when he was when he wasn't doing the trip, we went to Liam Jim because Liam was training for the fights. And then when he just stopped the treadmill midway through my own sauna, like he didn't want to do it. I was like, no, nah, someone's gonna go mad if he finds out who's gonna tell him. I felt like it was a threat. He's gonna tell him looking dead in the eyes. Like, he's gonna tell him. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Nah, it's um yeah, so uh, what what year did you start up at Trojan, um, Dean? I, I couldn't even tell you because it was around the same time yeah. I started. It wasn't long. It was around the same well, sort of time. You, you were there when I first walked in because you were there. Uh, big Pe uh, Big Pele, Pele, no. uh, Pele Reed, Pele Reed. Reed. Shout out to Pele. <laughs> yeah, Pele Reed was there. And was I vexed and bruised? Yeah, then it was me and Pelly. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Wyatt, Wyatt, John Wyatt. He was there. Yeah, he was there. Um, so you John. guys on the outside, when I, if I remember right, you guys on the outside of the ring, I was sat on the chair um, and I was watching Tony and Pete on the pads and you guys were sparring, but 
Um, I remember there's something going on. I don't know if he hit someone too hard that was smaller, Pele, or something like that. Maybe, I don't know. It's a possibility with Pele, but it was it was nice with it when we got the project. Yeah, he was all apologetic as soon as he woke up. He was even... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knocked me out, you know. Remember that Tony, when he knocked me out? He knew half his body right now, he was about 110 guys ripped. You were like, Remember the pad used to be in the corner? He put me into that. Like 20 feet, boy! Pele, man. Pele's a Dan. Shout out to Pele Reed, mate. Salute. Absolute Dan. Pele, sorry, Trev Reed. He's a nice guy, Pele. He's a nice Brilliant, mate. Heavy handed, heavy, heavy footed. Trevor, I'm going to have to pick my lad up in a minute. Um, oh, so oh, I yeah. just patch back in. Is that you talk to Dean or something? And yeah, that's cool. That's cool, man. If you can do that, that's brilliant, yeah, mate. Yeah, if I if I take you out here like that, yeah, I could I could just take you out the stream there and then bring you back in as soon as you're ready. Okay, right, mate, cool. Good See you in a bit, mate. See you in a bit, son. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, yo, Dean, mate. Do you know what I mean? Uncle Tony's out the room, man. Talk to me. How much did Tony torture you? So, okay, let's rewind, right? I'm back. You were talking about when you first touched down at Trojan. Yeah. Right. And you were watching people sparring. What, what were you What? First of all, why did you come down to Trojan? Why Trojan? Because uh, my best friend, like Wayne, at that point in time, I was having chemotherapy. So, and I was just mm. being a fool, like, having chemo and going out and scrapping in wolves, like it ain't the right thing to be doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, and when I was getting bruised and coming back, I was just angry, just generally angry mm. because mm. I felt like everything in my life had been put on hold. When I had the treatment, I just got my apprenticeship at EWS in wolves. And it was a really good like apprenticeship as well. Like really good money. Uh, my education was sorted to pay for that. And then just, just in, you know, you just feel like you've just got a break and then just everything snatched. And then it was just, mm. just raw rage. And I don't think I was the nicest person when I was having my chemotherapy. Mm. I think I was just... So what, what was the Ill, what was what was going on? What was the, if you don't mind. If... Um, a form of bowel cancer. Um, wow, okay. And we surrounded to pass down. Um, mm. So I had that, but we didn't know I had it. I just lost... I went to uni, I just lost a lot of weight. And mm. we all put it down to the fact that it was, you know, like um, pressure's weak probably drinking too much and then the weight wouldn't go back on. Yeah. Uh, just I just got small and then like seven stone seven stone I was like basically like fifty kilo. Wrong. Something like that. Um my natural what I'd have been then probably like sixty walking like ten kilos off. Came back home and then just went into my bed. Ten, ten, 10 kilos at sixty kilos ten co ten kilos below your sixty if sixty's your normal walk, that's a yeah, lot isn't it man. I'd have been walking around about sixty. 16-ish, yeah. I'd said. Then when I got weighed, and I was 49.8, which is, wow. that's, I look like a skeleton, it's, it's scary. Mm. Like when, I, when I see pictures now, it doesn't look like me. I can't remember mm. being that small. Like it mm. was, you know, it's like the fact that I could fit, I could fit into like junior's clothes. It was just ridiculous. Um, yeah. So then when I got, um, I got back home, I said to my mum, I'm not feeling good. 
Like I'm, I'm really not feeling good. Um, went to when I went to bed, I just didn't come back out. It was just when I woke up, I was in the hospital. I collapsed. Apparently, my mom said I collapsed. I collapsed on mm. the on the landing. And I collapsed, and then I woke up in the hospital. And then I got told wow. colitis. Then on my day of release, I packed all my bags ready to get out. So I was in there for three weeks. My day ready for release from the hospital, and I come in. All the nurses came in. My boys were there. Like my boys just come just just for like to support and visit. Mm. And like a normal visit, they weren't meant to let me out till four four thirty, I think, something like that. Four thirty, and they arrived at like ten for the morning visit. Um, and they just chilled, and then the doctors came in. The brought a team, and I knew something was wrong when they brought the yeah. whole. That six doctors came in. I was there like, oh, and they said, oh, it's um, it's bowel cancer. And I was like, oh shit. And how old are you at this point? Uh, Nineteen. Right. Oh. Right. So, like my mom, my mom was up, my dad was up, everyone was, everyone was there. So it was just mm. a bit of a mad time. And then from there, it just turned into a rage. Like, I don't know, I can't explain it. Just, I go out and actively start fights, which mm. is not like my character. It was like, somebody else has got to feel this kind of pain. It can't just be me on my own. Somebody else has got to feel it as mm. well. So, mm. um, yeah, and I just, just being a, just being a fool, really. Um then we went to Stoke. I remember going to Stoke to um God, what's the name of the club? Can't remember the name of the club. Was, was it the place or Valentino's? The place. The place. place. Yeah. Mm. We're going there and I sat in the car, my sticky burst in my stomach. They're like, mm, nah, this is this ain't gonna work. So I just stayed in. Then Wayne one day came into mine. Me and Wayne were close anyway, but not as close mm. as we were when after the because he was coming to see me every day, like he was finishing work when he see me. Then I got yeah. me to TV and he came to see me over there. He even had a car crash and still drove on. He's going to see me, do you know what I mean? That kind of thing you can't forget. Mm. He could have turned back. He wrote his car off. <laughs> that car was dead. When I seen the pictures, I was there like, why? I wouldn't have done this for you. See, that's a proper man. That's a ride or die dude, man. Respect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, Big old Wayne. We used to chill with like a Chinese or something. And my mum so I wouldn't go out because obviously my parents were more concerned because I was fighting a lot more. And mm. when I get hit, it wasn't just like my eye would close because the cells. Mm. I get punched. And because I'm like, I remember fighting a doorman. He punched me. Didn't even hurt. But my eye, the whole side of my face just swelled up. Didn't, didn't hurt. Carry on fighting and then then from there, I was like, you know what, it's not worth it. I need to get myself well. Then Wayne told me to, Wayne said, oh, I want to go and learn how to properly defend myself and do it properly. I don't mm. want to fight the street anymore. It's okay. What are you going to do? Said, I'm going to go to this gym. So I've heard about this gym called Trojan. Never heard of it. I never heard of that gym. Oh, I'll come with you. So he gets me at the house for a bit. Do you know what I mean? He gets my parents to my back for a little bit. Mm. Went there. Seen all you guys train. I was there like, oh, this is something. As soon as I've seen it, I've got to do this. I've got mm. to do it. I can't do it right now, but I'm going to do it soon. So it was just one of those. You know, I think it took me about, I think I was just waiting for my results. I think I think I watched about four, five weeks worth of, yeah. of the classes with Tony coaching. And there's a couple of other coaches there. I didn't really resonate with them. I didn't feel them. They, they just weren't me. 
But when I was watching Tony coach his attention to detail, that was me. Other bit like Tony made it chess. It just it was just you know, I could and he would talk to you as well. Like he wasn't you know, some people you have to go and approach them. Mm. Go and approach me. He was like, Oh, what's what's the score? What's going on? Blah blah blah, are you training? He's like, No, I'm not training. And I just told him the truth. I said, Look, I'm, I've been doing I've got cancer. Um, I'm waiting for my results back. But as soon as I get it clear, I'm gonna come and train. I said, okay, make sure you do. As soon as you get clear, make sure you do. And then I did and never looked back. So it was just Yeah. And it was I used to look forward to going watching my friend train. That was weird. Do you know what I mean? When you start getting excited when you were not even doing it. And I was getting mm. excited about watching other people do something because it's something better than and then when I got home, it was like constantly looking at things like watching kickboxing. I didn't know what was good then. I didn't know what kickboxing was and what tie boxing mm. was and other difference. For me, you punch and you kicking, that's it. Um, and then yeah, spoke to met Winston Walker. He changed a lot for me psychologically. Winston, yo, shout out to Mr. Walker. Winston, Winston. he's a different team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I rate Winston, man. Love Winston, man. He's wicked. He's a deep person, but he can make you think differently. But like he's got very much. Like I think him and Tony in line with each other. I think they've mm. got very similar brains in terms of it's not. Because Winston's a beast. If Winston hits you, you're going to sleep. So there's mm. no, there's no two ways about it. But it's, it's when he hits you, it's how he hits you. It's what he thinks when he's doing it. It's what he's mm. looking at, and that's what, what really drew me to the sport. So it's, uh, yeah, to me, I just feel the credit to be around the likes of all you guys. Like you were in the gym when I, when I joined. We just get beat up by you. And all I can do is if I can take Trevslick, then what bantamweight can cause me a problem? And then there's Reed Cook floating around, and Reed Cook was killing it. So you're like, shout out to Rico. Well. Yeah, man. Yeah, he was doing it well. Was Rico, it was Rico, Billy, I think Dougal. The three, Dougal, those yeah, three guys. Yeah, yeah those um, three guys. Them uh, three guys uh, brought me up my first day. Those three, man. <laughs> <laughs> Rico, boss, boss my ass. You know what I mean? I bet he doesn't remember. I'm going to remind him. Rico, boss my ass. I'm not even afraid to say it, man. When you watch him, like, I was in awe of Rico. So I even bought the same shorts. Do you start thinking the pair might be in the shorts? You know, you first start something. You gotta get the same gloves, man. You gotta get the gloves in the shorts. The reason I'm not performing the right shorts on. That's right, man. That's right. No, it was it was it's been like a crazy, crazy journey. Crazy journey. But one the journey I'll never change. Yeah. Now I've I've always respected how you've gone about things and how you've come from where you were with your illness, overcoming that, to get to where you are now, mate, is ridiculous stuff. That's kind of movie type stuff, you know, Bridgerton. Do you know what I mean? And I'm proud to see that shit. You know what I'm saying? Honestly. But the thing is, though, the thing is, though, in, in what I don't know, obviously in Muay Thai circles, you're well known. Do you know what I mean? But there's probably people in, in Wolverhampton or the surrounding area that don't really, I, I may be like dissing you, but I don't, don't maybe not know what yeah. you've done. Do you know what I mean? Because really, what it is, you're, you're like, you and Tony and the people that Tony's trained, it was elite athletes, you know what I mean? And I don't think, like, Muay Thai as a sport gets the shine that it deserves. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it doesn't. But at the same time, like, I'm, Trev, like, it's the way I've set my career. I'm a dad first. Mm. You know, it's, that's what I am. I'm a dad first. My fight career. I don't, all I want to be able to do is when I leave that ring, and this is where I think now social media plays such a massive part. Like when 
I'll get phone calls. Oh, house is just gonna book. House is just gonna head with you because the social media is good. But then, if we share the ring together, I know in my heart, and you must know in your heart, you've not been challenged. So it's for me. It's like I like doing my business, and I like to live my life that I live. It's just quiet. I don't. I don't want to promote it. Like if you look at any of my social media, I promote, I promote the boys from the gym. Mm. I don't. I don't self promote. I don't. I'm not. I've got to try and get a little bit better at it because it does generate interest. You want to get to mm. like one championship or place like that. Um, and if you've got so many thousand followers, but I never. You don't understand when we started, uh, Trev. Sorry, when we started this sport, there wasn't social media. It was like you could either fight. Mm. That was it. Now it's like you can get people that's had three fights, but they've got fourteen thousand followers, and already they're worth more than you are. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Just mm. what you're trying to chase. I've got. At the end of the day, I want to portray the right kind of image for my children because my daughter now is on social media. She searched me on Instagram. I've got to be looking to be. The way that I am as a dad, and if the yeah. fight come, if they don't, they don't. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm quite content. Like, yeah, oh, I think I've done okay. Yeah, mate, more than okay stuff. Do you know what I mean? Because, like I say, I remember when you first came in and you were just getting over your illness, getting over operations and all that kind of stuff, and then coming in, and then seeing your technique grow, and then holding pads with you, sparring with you, seeing you broke up. I remember the time I held pads for you at Rugeley and the man, people, let me say something, right? The man round kicked the pad, right? Then I, it went to do something else, went to go a knee. I put the pad down for the knee. The man kicked me in my arm and then tomped me in my mouth. That's what, that's, <laughs> what, that's not like hit me once and go, oh, sorry. The man followed through the overhand, right? Square in my jaw. You know, like when you get that flash and you well, turn around. I took around. my fair share of beating from you, though, Ruth. I took my fair Mate. share. We used to take it in turns. Remember, you have to get rid of the iron. And we used to, like, we had a plan. But the whole idea was, right, if you just don't get beat up too bad, tag the next person in. Trev might get tired. <laughs> and I'll jump in fully up like Robin's alone. Bro, I ain't going first. So we used to argue who's going first. Nah, don't change the fight. I remember the one time where you bust us up. We were all in the gym, me, Wayne, Liam. We needed Damien there, and I can't remember who else there was there. There was somebody else, but it wasn't Damien. We wanted Damien. I was like, Damien's there. Damien goes first. Then I'll go fourth. You, work out. you might be tired by the fourth. I might be tired. <laughs> I'll go fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Three other people are going to go before me. So if I see bodies dropping, I don't have to oh, jump mate. in. Uh, I, I, I do, I do miss it, man. I miss it, man. But it, it was as a heavyweight man, it was scary, man. I was, I should not have been no heavyweight because I remember going to, like I said, man. I was under height, not overweight. That, that's that's the key. Tell and him, I remember going. Tell him again. again. In it, I remember going to um, Charlie. Jo Yo, remember Charlie from Cheltenham? Cheltenham. Shout out, yeah. Charlie Joseph, man. Cheltenham Tro Trojan Free Fighters. So shout out to Charlie. So they had a show in Bristol and they asked a few of us to go down oh, to help out with the show. Remember show. That? Yes. It was yeah. um it was like MMA and K one and stuff. Yeah, but they had all the gladiators out with the Spartan. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. um I can't remember what, what the venue was, but we was in there now. And uh I remember Charlie going to me because he used to have fighters come over and stay at his yard, didn't it? And yeah. train yeah. full time. And uh he goes, oh yeah, Trevor, you do. Oh yeah, I've got some, um, some like guys, some Lithuania or something that are 
coming over and, tr and staying with me, man. They're good heavyweights, man. It'd be good for you to spar with them. I'll introduce you later. I was all right, cool, man. So I'm in the change room now. And um, <laughs> man come through. Man goes, oh yeah, here he's like Igor or something. The man ducked underneath the, underneath the door, you know, like this. My man's about six, about seven foot two, seven three, you know. <laughs> With shell suit, you know the you know the ones that got the shell suit and nothing underneath, just bare chest hair. Yeah. I must break you, kind of. I was like, raw. You know what I mean? And Charlie wants me to spy that. You're crazy, mate. You know what I mean? Afraid. <laughs> I was like, no. What are you gonna do with that? What are you gonna do with that? You well, I, I had three fights, man. I had not. I'm not. Too, I can't talk to you about career. I can't talk to you about nothing, man. I had three fights. I experienced it. That's it. Nah, seriously, it was it was it was madness, mate. Do you know what I mean? Some some monsters, at heavyweights, absolute craziness. Well, craziness. It is crazy. Like if you think about it, like the, even the thought of fighting is crazy. Do you, know, you work out the people train for you, train for them? Mm. Like exactly. So okay. So let's talk. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. About the madness, the actual, the head, the head f that it is of of preparing for a fight. Anybody, whether it's boxing, um, Thai boxing, kickboxing, kick, whatever, right? Yeah. You're saying, right, okay, you agree for a fight, whether there's contracts involved or whatever, but you say, at this date, I'm going to fight this person. I don't know this dude from Adam, but I've heard about him and he's got a couple of videos on YouTube, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then you start fighting. What, what happens to the mindset from there? To my mind, mm. I don't, I think now it's become very much more normal. Like it's at the start, it was it used to freak me out. I remember we went then Tom took me to Ireland. And I think he lied about my record, gave me a much bigger record than what I had. I think it was my second fight. Mm. No, it was my first fight. No, my second. It was my second fight. Um, and I fought the champion of in Ireland. And Tom said, "Oh, if anybody asks you any questions, you've had I think so. You've had sixteen fights." <laughs> so like, Tom, I haven't had sixteen fights, however. You know, sitting there, and then you get like I got there, and in the newspaper was my picture and his picture, and I was there oh. like, "I'm in the newspaper." And it's flattering in one way. She's like, "Right, I'm in the newspaper." Yeah, I'm in the newspaper. I'm in the newspaper. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Don't worry about it. So then this guy came and picked us up from the airport. So I'm sat in the car next to this guy. Didn't realize my opponent. So Tony's no in me and the opponent. So he's coaching the front, driving the car. Tony's in the front, my coach. I'm behind Tony. Behind the driver is my opponent. I didn't realize my opponent because I've never seen a picture. So I didn't yeah. know what like all time told me I'm fighting. Some guy called Murphy. If you search Murphy on the internet, in Ireland, <laughs> no one. I put Murphy. Oh, Sullivan. Guy. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, got there. Then the guy was like really nice to me, like really, really nice. Well, we got some food after we were waiting. So I thought he's fighting on the show. Just don't think he's fighting me. And then Jim Ryan goes, oh, and uh, you, you're not as big as what I thought you'd be. I was like, oh, okay. I'm thinking whatever. Strange comment. Yeah. Our, our shorts and shirt, and then he jumped on the girls, and they said, oh, can you have a face off? Was this my opponent? <laughs> and he said, yeah, yeah, that's him. That, that, that's Murphy. I was like, okay. So... Gone into that one, and Tom got just don't tell anybody if anyone has to make the record, anyone has to anything, but 16 fights. Cool, mm. I hadn't had one, so it wasn't like then. All I heard was when I was in the change room, and they started like this guy comes into the change room, he's barking, 
but not the opponent. It's his dad. He's barking. Oh, 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 oh. Like, like chanting, barking. What the shit box? You know, I've never been around this. So like, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. The shit yeah. box. Is that yeah, a thing? Tony's mean. <laughs> so, lacing up my gloves. Tony's like lacing up my gloves. <laughs> watching. I thought, like, God, he's playing for me. And I watched him. But there's no videos of me. They've only heard what they've heard from my first fight. And they're trying to train yeah. for Tony's style. So they're trying yeah. to get ready for the clinch work. And I watched them clinch. And they must have clinched for about 15 minutes. But he's going to be tired by the time he gets in that ring. Mm. But then I'm, I'm so like new to the sport. You don't know. Like, never watch that. I'd know to capitalize on it. Whereas before then, I'd be like, oh, he's clinching a lot. Do you know what I mean? And mm. then mm. it's only been in clinching and clinching. And I was like, Tom, they're going to block the clinch. And Tom's like, oh, doesn't matter. You've got more weapons than you clinch. I was like, oh. And then Tom's like, oh, just test him out with your hands. See what he's like. And then didn't throw my hands. Tom's like, let your hands go. I'm going to let my hands go. Well, Tony threatened me, actually. He slapped me. He threatened me. <laughs> I wanted to give up because my, my legs were gone to get him to my leg. It was, Trev, the worst bit was. Tony's telling me to block it. My shin went. It wasn't my, my thigh. Like, if he's kicking mm. my like, low kicks, he's hamming the low kicks in. Didn't hurt my leg. When I started mm. blocking him, my shins ain't ready for that. He booted my shins. I was like, whoa. So I was like, block. So blocking these kicks. In the end, so I was going mad at me. He said, block. Like, shouting at me because I started to get my legs. I blocked all my time. I come back to the corner, spat my country on the floor. So it's gone. It's done. I can't kick. I was, I'm done. I said, you what? I said, it's done. Like, oh, I can't carry on anymore. I said, do you think I'm a cunt? I was like, pardon? <laughs> do you think I'm a cunt? And I was like, what? Because you embarrass me with everybody. Oh, man. Yeah, I swear to God, I was there like, who called you a cunt? Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't say that. Am I a cunt? Am I a cunt? This could you like. I remember just being convinced. And Tony shook me. And I had two minutes in five threes. Then when this is my second fight, I was fighting five, five threes. You get a two-minute rest. Yeah. He shook me back out and told me to think about what I just said. So I had to walk around the room with my limp. <laughs> what did you Just think about what you said. Put you on the naughty step. Well, oh, yeah. Well, like, oh. And I just thought, I looked at the opponent, I think my shins were sore. Because at that point, I think my shins were bleeding. And then I was, uh, I was looking at the tone, I, was, I didn't know what to do. So when I, I went out in that room, I knocked the kid out, I got him out quick. I think I took about, yeah. like, about 20 seconds. I was so scared of Tony. So I whacked him and I, he proper poleaxed like he was out cold. Mm. And I, I didn't know where to go. And when the fight was called up, I went to the neutral corner and I stayed there. I didn't go into the Tony. I went to Tony. Tony was good boy. Good boy. And I was there like, I didn't know if Tony I was like, look, you're nervous. And you start going. What, what happened? Oh, God. Afterwards, he was going, that was good. You're not going to hit me, are you, Tony? No, no, no. He's like, he switches his rules. He doesn't have that bit of me in his brain. Switches. He goes back to the Tony. Then that bane pops up every now and then. And then that bane pops up. Oh, so funny. So, so funny. So, so tell, so tell people, okay, so let's have a look at, like, obviously you said, like, music's a big thing for you for, like, preparation getting your head in the right frame of mind and all that sort of stuff. Is that, is that right? Is that, yeah. you say that's right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> okay. Talk to me about a, a typical sort of training camp for a fight. If you've got a big fight coming on, 
Um, How does music play a role in that? Well, first of all, Tom told me I don't need to listen to music, but I need to listen to the sweet sound of his voice. That's the first thing. Um, but you know, we're actually allowed to play music, Trev. Things have moved on since you've moved on. You know what I mean? Mm. So we're allowed to play music. Um, although he, he doesn't bop his head or anything, so that music. <laughs> but um, no, I'll probably play like a lot of grime when I'm training for a fight, but then at the end of training, when I'm stretching off, I like like reggae music or really cool music where I can think. So I like I really like classical music when I'm driving. When I used to drive back from Rougeley, which is a long drive, and you did that drive. Yeah. Like after that, I can think. So I'll clear my head. So it'd be like, um, yeah. Little Jeff Muir. Yeah. This would be something like this I'm listening to. You know, but I can listen to it on the way to training. Mm. You know what I mean? This is where you can actually like, reflect on what you've done. So why why do you say you couldn't listen to it on the way to training? I'd be too relaxed. I could get punched in my face. You know what I mean? I know something I've wanted to ask you for a while because I wasn't sure if it was just me, right? But you know, like when you got, used to go to training down at Rugeley or yeah. wherever you train now, right? You used to go training down at Rugeley. Were you nervous before you left out the door? Yeah. I used to be, I'd be like, yo, I've got to toilet two, three times. I'd like, oh, I forgot my wraps. Oh, I forgot my other wrap. I forgot my gloves. I need some water. I need a wee. And, you know what I mean? And, I'd, yeah. and then I'd, I'd leave out and be driving there thinking about, yo, what's, what's going to happen today? And yeah. there'd be that little bit of apprehension before going down every time. You know what I mean? No matter how many times I went down, there was always that. And I remember reading a book. I'll talk to Tony. If he comes back on, I'll talk to Tony about this. There was a book by a guy called Jeff Thompson. Tony probably knows of look, this, this guy who's into like realistic fighting and stuff. Okay. And he was saying that like in their training sessions or whatever martial art you train in, right? If you haven't got that kind of apprehension before you go into it, especially if it's a full contacting, you ain't doing it right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You gotta have that nerves. You know what I mean? You can't have like hard spar every time, but you know it's going to be tough in one way or another. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, don't, you can't. It's like that that variable. Do you know what I mean? You're not in control of the situation. Mm. So it's like when I go to training, sometimes I, I'll always remember it. Like I got myself wound up for a really hard session. I I had a fight and we do it up for another one. Then Tom goes, "Oh no, I've got work tonight." I said, "Pardon." Like, do you know what I mean? You're like, it's not. It's not like you're being arrogant or rude. It's like you had me doing footwork. I just picked up my first world title. And it was like, I didn't even get to see the pads. He put me on footwork. Well. You know what I mean? So you're like, I've been winding myself up thinking, I've got a red scarf. And, you know, I don't know how sore my shins are. I don't know, like, if my hand hurts. You don't ever know how things are sore until you hit the pad. Mm. That's a weird thing when you have a fight. You might feel all right. You know, oh, I'm fine. I'm all right. And you kick something. But you kick it. <laughs> and your body just tells you no. <laughs> so it's like, mm. um, but it, it, I still get that now. I get it. Obviously now, like, there. Uh, like Tony's, he's not taking a step back. He's doing um, obviously with his family and stuff. Mm. And I've managed to in this. The whole idea was me and Liam were going to hopefully keep Rachel going. Obviously, unfortunately, Liam Liam had passed, and yeah, yeah, you know. But it's it's weird because when I go to work, with, like, I get really nervous when, I, when he says, "I'll oh, come over to my college, like his university." I'm sorry, I get nervous then because I don't know where we're going to train. I don't know what we're going to do. 
I don't even know how long we're going to train for. There's all these variables that add up to like anxiety. So you're driving that up. Stop winding yourself up. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you have a blasting session. You're like, oh, that was hard. And other time you get like a proper like pinpoint technique session. Mm. But, and it's just purely on technique. And I find that harder than blasting. It's, mm. it's like so much more brain power because the attention to detail is ridiculous. And you've got to try and, and you don't want to let him down. So you've got to try and get everything. I want to try and get everything right. Mm. But uh, yeah, so I do feel you on that one, bro. I do feel you on that. Yeah, I, I always found that man. I thought, why? What is this? I'm driving down, and it's like, why? I feel nervous. And you, you know, like you park up, what you used to park up over by Argos, and then walk over. Yeah. And he'd be like carrying your bag. You're like, oh, who's in there today, man? You know what I mean? Is Dave Mal going to wrench my neck off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, there's some seven foot three Latvian dudes in there. <laughs> yeah. You're like, ah, oh, shit. You know? <laughs> I'm wearing this girl, though. I used to get hard sparked all the time. Everyone was so meek. Mm. <laughs> it was just like, raw. Well, you set me in good stead, really, for my career. It's really, yeah. I don't I don't fear, like, even the other day, I fought 64 oh. the other day. Tony's back. Tony's right. back. Hey, you're all right, mate. I'm working on my house. One sec. He's gone now. Yeah, we were just talking about. Um, I was asking Dean um, whether or not he felt the same. Like when I used to come down training, like down at Rugeley, right? And, and like, say, like someone was training for a fight, if it was me or Dean or whatever, it was kind of like everybody was training, the whole gym trained. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Everyone was training, everything stepped yeah. up. And I remember when I'm going down to the gym, I'd like procrastinate like a badden coming out the house. I'd be like, oh, I need some water. Oh, I need the loo. Oh, I forgot my wrap. I forgot. Do you know what I mean? And then I'd be driving down thinking, oh, what's this going to be like, man? Do you know what I mean? And I remember reading a book. Um, I don't know if you know, they've got a guy called Jeff. Is it Jeff Thompson? Jeff Thompson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Jeff Thompson. Um, and he was talking about like, that they did like all sorts of, um, fight training, like realistic fight training. I think he was a dormant or something. Yeah, yeah and then one time. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, he was uh, he was talking about um, that if when you go into your training sessions, if you haven't got that little bit of apprehension, you ain't doing it right, man. <laughs> well, I got that. No question. Do you know what I mean? What What would you say about that time? What would you say about that? Um, I think it's good to be motivated, Trev. It, it's. I think in the end you treat you train to fight. You know you train like you fight. I don't mean you train uh, in terms of knocking seven bells out of each other. Yeah. You, you, you train, but but it, it needs to simulate the fight. Otherwise, it's not useful. Do you know what I mean? The same mm. as a fight to sort of simulate training. So it should be the same, really. So you shouldn't be any more. You shouldn't try any harder in the actual fight because you'd already be doing optimal yeah. stuff when you're doing in training. Yeah, I mean in a way that you're not getting injured, of course. There's no point in, you know, it's, it's part of a game and not getting injured in it, really. And that's, it's mm. like sparring realistically, you know, that's benefiting you, but not actually getting injured, avoiding injury mm. really key. So early on, the, the sort of earlier days, it was, you know, Mark, given the background I mentioned before, it was like the fighting, it was just real hard fighting, but that's my view changed when I went to Thailand, where I saw, uh, you know, playing and learning skills, and developing was well, you know, was important. Really, that was uh, a bit of an eye opener, and so that changed what you know I worked on things. But I think the apprehension, well, it's, it's part. It's it's 
it's wanting to do it and it's wanting to, yeah, you know, I think that's fine. I, I, I don't, being too complacent's no good. doesn't pull the best. Mm. I think it's like if you, if you choose opponents, you think you're going to beat, it's, it's not a great strategy. So I think we've had always in the gym to fight challenging opponents, opponents that's pull new things out of you. I think that's really important. So it's, Otherwise, you're complacent. You don't want to, you know, you're not really putting that extra bit into training. Mm. You're not really going the extra mile you need to do. You're not you're a bit too casual, and that's no good in the fight. I think that's yeah. It, it, it is. It's interesting. Sort of, I was talking about Dean about how crazy it is about actually going into a fight and training for a fight in in regard to say right, okay, if you're in a fight out in the street at a pub, it happens, yeah. and then you deal with it or you don't deal with it. It's there and then. But preparing for a fight, it's like, okay, there's this bloke who's been training for X number of years, training for fight you. Yeah. You don't know him. You haven't done anything to him, but he's no, trying no, to fight no, you no, at this no, point in no. time, in three months' time, yeah. go sort of thing. And and it's dealing with that mentally, yeah, you know no, what I mean? no, no. not being able to sleep and you know yeah. what I mean? getting up early in the morning to go and run because you, you know he's doing that and he's all that kind it. of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah man, it's, it's dealing part, with that whole... I think the key part I think when you're scared of someone, like in my just in my experience, I won't get up and run if I'm not scared of you. So no. that, that's the reason you pick fights is like we've been criticized before like when Tony said that I pick fights. I need to be scared to get up and do what I need to do. I'm not gonna get up at five o'clock in the morning if I have to go to work and go run if I'm not scared of you. You get the best out of people when you're scared. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So we're not prepared for you. You don't know what they're doing. Um, for instance, when you fight with ties, so I've been fighting with a lot of ties recently, and they they train twice a day. It doesn't mean they want it any more than you do. Mm. It means that they're they're getting the option to train. You've got to make the best of yours. Over your time. Do you know what I mean? That's all we can do. We don't get the amount of time. We don't get the amount of clinch time. We don't get the amount of time to hit pads and... And I do twice a day. And we've got families, like, you've got to juggle it all. So you'll come down to, like, that be a factor, doesn't it? Of, like, if I feel like I've done enough, I've never done enough. The way I yeah. like rings, I'd never feel like I've done enough. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it yeah, does no, make no, sense. Yeah. It's, it's important. I think one of the things is it's about, yeah, if you, it's no good being complacent. It's no good having easy opponents. It's about you developing anyway, isn't it? It's about you being the best you can be. And to do that, you've got to go against people who are going to stretch you both in terms of motivating you to train as well as stretch you in there when you step in there to actually pull you to new levels. That's It's always really been part of the underlying philosophy of uh, at least you know, since, since I understood that. <laughs> so yeah. So, I mean, you, you, as a, you two both now working as coaches, obviously Tony's working as coach. Yeah. You, you've got, uh, you're training people now, Dean as well, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, yeah? yeah I do, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I still fight. I fight under Tony and I'm just basically assisting what Tony's doing. That's what my job is really. It's just, uh, um, obviously with Tony with your family and stuff, it's just, it's, it's not. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm actually a coach yet. Like I don't. I think my idea of a coach is different to where I think I am. Like, you know what I mean? It's different to where I am. Is 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 being is being a coach, Dean. You're definitely a coach. Oh, no, you're a coach, man. You are a coach. I've seen some I mean, of your fighters, you've mate. A you're a coach. A long, you've been a coach for a long time too. I think you're good at communicating and working with people. I think you're good at doing that. You you're also you know you pick up things as well, which is great. You know, it's it's not just about robotically teaching something you've been taught. You are doing it 
in a more nuanced way than that you are looking at people and trying to choose things for them so i think you're definitely a coach that doesn't mean i know you're a fighter as well but you're also a coach i think you know i know there can be separate roles but then i think you are a coach and, and are you going to be as good at the moment as you want to be well, just, you know. just show this here yeah who's this dude uh Derek bramwell Ricks, good yeah yeah very good nice guy Ricks. Yeah. So but is he one of the guys that you're coaching? Pardon? Is he one of the guys that you're coaching? Yeah. We've got, we've got quite a we've got quite a few now. So mm. the all fight coach us too. So we've got quite a few, but the, they're all still relatively novices. But I don't think you get an easy run at Prochester anyway. You don't have a such thing like he he fought the UK number UK number one. He's only had I think he's had like eight fights now. He fought mm. the UK. He lost. He did lose to him, but the fact is that the guy had 50 fights, he had seven. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. But the thing, he wasn't at a place, he just got caught. That was it. He's got a good understanding. I think there's a few lads, even, even the lads who might not in the end be taking it to be the, the champion champions, you know, they are also big contributors to the gym coaching picking up things whether that's yeah. Rick he's got a he's got a demanding job on he as well you know he's uh a family he's as well family. yeah family and job so it's always balancing that but uh, but his understanding's good and his input in the gym's great as he's like Garby isn't it do you know what I mean they're, they're like yeah. instrumental in communicating things and they they even if they're not going to end up as being world champion they're still important on other people's journeys really yeah. and they're part of the gym and we've brought in, we've got another one now. Um, Jaseus has he's, he's come to us as well. He's another one, he's only 21. He's got a yeah. such a bright future, but it's, it's going to take the likes of like those guys to bring them through. And that's what annoys me when the gym's built on team. So without Damien, without without Carlo, without Yuki, without Will, without uh, Lloydie, so many people went before me. Without them, I couldn't achieve what I've got and the difference is when people want to actually um, I guess recognise the gift they've been given and they're not self-made there's no one mm. self-made I'm not mm. self-made it took like Trev like you would train like how often would you pad me when Tony had um, you'd have like Damien fighting you'd be padding me or mm. Liam would pad me it's a team you can't do it on your own I know it's an individual sport when you get in the ring but there's not an individual that makes Hundred percent, hundred percent. You know what I mean, 100%. and that's what really annoys me now. With the time, the way times are going is that it's because of this self-promotion thing on social media. Maybe because we're the generation before this different wave. It, it just doesn't resonate with me very well. It doesn't. Like, I'll get annoyed. I call Tony all the time. I get, I get mad at things when there's no just teamwork. Like I don't. Like, I'll never hold anyone's career back. Never. Like you, your whole your whole job to do as a teammate is to push the other person's career forward because then when you push their career forward, yours goes forward because you're gonna get high level sparring, the standard jumps up, the people coming underneath them get better, the door opens. But some people want to walk through a door and shut it behind them. Yeah. The I, I agree completely, Dean. That it's not there is nobody self-made. I think from a Western perspective, we try and, you know, we value independence, don't we? Sort of, it's part of self-esteem. But really, even though it's an individual sport, there is no... I mean, I remember having a conversation 
with Nathan Bennett in Scotland and saying, Nathan, whatever, you, you know, because you're saying, oh, it's a, a lonely sport. So, mate, you couldn't be where you are without your teammates sparring, without your missus giving time. You don't have to look after your kid without, you know, everybody who's contributed, everybody who's sparred, even the fighters have contributed to who you are, to mm-hmm. your face contributed to who you are. Nobody's self-made. There is nobody self-made in anything. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's fighting yeah. or anything else, really. You are, and to, I think part of the Thai culture is to recognize that, you know, the Y crew is the past, if you like, you know, the same yeah. as academia, you know, built on giant shoulders, you know, where you are is because of the people have, have sacrificed things, you know, they've developed techniques through experience, the techniques have evolved, methods have evolved, the training, et cetera, et cetera. That's all you are now, you know, you're all on, you're all, that's all, be, you know, you couldn't be where you are without, though. nobody could, you know, it's not, and I think that's an important part. That's one of the things, perhaps, I think, as you, as you mentioned, Dean, you know, that the, the idea of a, a, a digital presence now, I think we've all, we've all, in different contexts, have to have different faces, if you like, you know, you present a different side of yourself what, that suits the situation or that, you know, you think will benefit you or benefits the situation or benefits others. But with the digital, you know, there's a, there's a, another level of complexity with the digital promotion. You know, I think it's just important to recognise that what you're doing is a different thing than who you are. You know, what the face you present digitally is not necessarily who you are. And if you start believing the hype, that's when trouble can start, really. You know, if you start mm. believing your yeah. own hype or the hype that's generated online, that, that, that's doing a job. If it's doing a job to promote you, promote what you're doing, promote the sport, that's fine. You know, as mm. long as you recognise that's what it is and it's not you and that you are yeah. a multifaceted person that's got different things and different faces mm. in different situations. I think I think I 100% agree with you, Tony. And I think... The whole sort of digital thing. I don't think it can be a negative thing, and often it is a negative thing, but it doesn't have to be. You know what I mean? No, no, it doesn't really. in, in your in your kind of online presence on your Instagram and all that kind of stuff, you could be just showing positivity, showing the fact that you're bringing other people up, showing that you're doing things, you're putting this hard work in, and you don't have to be shitting on other people to get no. the shine. Sometimes that sells, and that's like a Conor McGregor kind of thing where you got to yeah. diss a man to go and get a paycheck. But he actually backs it up in a, in a sense. But there's a lot of people who talk that sort of talk and can't back it up. You know what I mean? Primarily, if, if a man's a fighter, he's got to be able to fight, not just yeah. talk about fighting and then get sparked. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> to, to me. Yeah, no, no. That, you know? So it, it, it's, it's a strange one, man. It is a strange one. I think it is right because we're not from that generation where... We we still remember when there wasn't any of this malarkey, you know what I mean? So it's hard to sort of adapt, I guess. It's mad. It's always new. new technologies are always the. I mean, it's it is. I mean, the same. You know, uh, part of what I you know part I teach research methods and I teach um, philosophy research methods. And one of the things I mentioned just because it connects now, even though it's, it's centuries old or thousands of years old. That, that, that there's a time when Socrates, who's a famous Greek philosopher who was really warning people about writing stuff down. So there's a, a movement to write things down. Who's going, it'll be the end of everybody. It'll be the end of memory if you write stuff down. It's definitely, you know, that, that was a, an oral tradition of just memory. But you, that, that mm. obviously didn't happen. It's a new, it's, there's always, you know, tensions. There's always a, a tension about a new technology, whatever that is. And the digital age is no different, really. You know, just... Just looking at actually with one of the, one of the guys at work who's putting a book together at um, uh, Stephen Lawrence, who's like digital technology, digital guru. So it's quite interesting to look at, you know, 
how these come about, what what people follow, where do they vet them? So my, my angle is going to be from yeah. an evolutionary perspective, but, but it's that, you know that idea where you know there there is it is it's 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 like writing's not bad or a you know a car's not bad or good. It depends how it's used, isn't it? You know, it's that exactly mm. that thing. It's a tool that can be used either way. I just think it's if people and and I understand why they do it. They, they, you know, there's a gam, you know, there's a big, there's a big thing, you know, particularly with the, the with the net, you're trying to make an impression that, you know, sometimes there's a bit of oversell, sometimes it's a bit of rubbish, and sometimes that's not not that great. And if you believe the hype, it can be problematic for a fighter, I think. And and also looking at somebody else, you're getting a particular view, you're not getting reality, you're getting a mm. mediated view about, you know, something that's not really strictly. Uh, the, the real case, you know, that you won't see the, the troubles and the, you know, you, you only see the polished version and not the troubles mm. uh, and yeah. the rest of it. So it's, you know, but, but I don't, does it bad? No, I don't think it's bad particularly. I just think it's different and that takes yeah. some adjusting, you know. Yeah. So Dean, we, we were talking just before time came back on. Um, we were talking a bit about your, your preparation. Pardon? <laughs> Think my cunt. <laughs> no, well, oh, yeah, yeah, that was earlier, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Give that one let's, let's you know, then. Bring, bring that one into the conversation. Remember, when I, I want to give up. I'm a cunt. I'm a cunt. He's putting me back out. Do you remember? <laughs> You're laughing. I could never deny nothing, dude. <laughs> I, uh, I remember. I, I remember you telling me the story and then my my third fight fought in Galway and Galway. I was Ireland. Yeah, Ireland, in yeah. Ireland, yeah. yeah, Ireland, yeah, Ireland, yeah. Ireland man. Yeah. And I remember <laughs> I remember you telling me that story, right? And um I remember that, I think it's like about third round, man. I come back in the third round, I was knackered. And, and I come <laughs> back into my corner. And Tony goes, How you doing, Trev? You're right. I was like, I'm safe, I'm safe. I'm going, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's slapping me. Never seen. You know, Somebody else got beat up in Sydney. <laughs> he come back. He yeah, said Ash, he Evans, 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 Evans. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Um, he came back because he was tired. And then there's the me. First round. Will. This was the first round. Me, Will, Liam, Wayne, he was there, wasn't he? And then we're in the corner. And then I seen Tom's bane pop up in his head. <laughs> nah, I know different. I just jumped off the apron. Even Will pulled out, and Will tough man. Will, 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 Will. Nah, he's fuck now, fuck now. I'm tired. Man, he goes, why would you repeat yourself? Why would you repeat? <laughs> there was no way I was saying I was tired. Not a chance. I was like, I'm safe, oh. I'm safe. Just give me the no, stool, no. give me the stool. He pulled it back anyway. Being tired, he pulled it back, Trev. Let's say he pulled it back. Yeah, yeah. He got put down, didn't he? When he had round, I think. He yeah, he dropped himself and then came back and, and managed to turn it all around. He just cracked me up. Tom, could you just be here? 
None of us want to come back to the corner. So funny, so funny. No, but I love it. I love it. So, okay, so let's talk about the process of like you two, you two being trainers and coaches. How do you start off? Do you have like a set way of teaching somebody or do you look at their individual attributes or skills or whatever? How do you do it? That's a big, that's a big question. You probably, probably, yeah, probably, probably approach it differently, don't we? I don't know. I mean, it depends really. It depends whether it's developmental. I think in terms of coaching for a fight, you're polishing what you've got. And it's, mm. it's better to be developmental. So, you know, if you've ideally worked a long time on things, but if you've got a fighter, you've got to polish for a fighter. It's a different thing because you yeah. you have to you have to work with what they've got at that time because you're not going to be able to develop a great deal in a six-week fight camp or a four-week fight yeah. camp or whatever it happens to be. But you do. I mean, you still have to work for their strength. Again. It's a bit it's not in the fight camp. But like the, I think the important bit for me learning yeah. is not yes, it the, is. the fight camp gets you fit and gets you sharp. But the learning yes. happens when you're not got the pressure to keep up for a certain day. That's Absolutely. where I think that's where it, yeah. I, I agree. Then where you learn, and I think you know, I'm assume, I assume Dean will probably say the same thing. You work with, you work on that individual, don't you? Work. They'll have. You still want to develop them as a rounded fighter, but you're still gonna. Yeah. There's gonna be things they're good at and things they're not so good at. Um, mm. And you work with them, and you look, and and to be honest, whoever they are. So you know, Dean's very skilled, but we'll still go right back, still strip right back to basics. It'll still mm. work. It'll still be down to. You what? I don't think I ever got away from basics. So you never let me. No, no, because no, you can't. No, no. Can't, footwork. You can't, yeah, footwork right from the start. You it's about it's tweaking things. It's. You, of course, when you're the level that Dean is and some of the other lads, you're already extremely competent and extremely good. But that doesn't mean there's mm. lots of things not to work on. There's loads of things to work on. There's nobody who's, you can't work on something with. So depends where they're starting, who they are, what <laughs> level they're at. You'll still tune and work to that individual, you know, and you'll look at the way they move, the way they, you know, their attributes. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I've certainly got a model in my head of what, I think that person could look like, I mean, look like, function like, not just look like, because it's not just aesthetics, it's it's all sorts of things, mm. and and try and work to that, really. I don't know what, you know, it's a, uh, yeah. so, you know, Dean will just have his own take on it, but that's that's the way I'd probably say for me. Yeah. I'll tell you that what about very, you, too? My take on it's very similar to yours, because I've, I've learned from you, so it's, it, it is making, make the strength stronger and the weaknesses stronger, so it's like, so the, the, the gaps, disappear but the strengths will push so if you've got like a sam and a ricks exactly the same way but two totally different characters in personality yeah. in power in technique delivery like if you've got to go yeah. with technique you go with ricks you go with power you go with sam personality you've got ricks who's very much a thinker he's more like winston he thinks and thinks and thinks things quite deep sam is more like your show up with a plastic bag with his gloves in it and he'll fight. It's just that, that like, generally, he's just, there's no, he's like, no. He's still an intelligent fighter. When he's still an intelligent fighter, he'll adjust things. You know, he's, he's very intelligent. Yeah, very he's like, he's, you know, so it's that, 
It's not saying I'm not saying by any means. No, 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 but he's, yeah, he's not. It's different, it's, isn't it? It is different. Some, some different. And some, some see things that I can't see. So, like, yeah. if you you put him into fight, he'll do things. And I know when I spar him, because you, obviously, when you coach him, I have to spar him anyway. And he can do things. I don't think he can land that shot. I don't think, and the shot comes, it lands. You know, oh, he's just done that. Whereas other people, it might be like tick for tack. Sam's just Sam can blow it up anywhere. Um, definitely, Sammy's one of my favourite people to be around because I think he's just he's just Sam. He's loyal and he's just he's just funny. I find him hilarious. He's um, very good. Like anything else, it's where you know he could be. He's got enormous potential, but again, it's life situation and whatever whatever situation somebody's in, you have to work with that at that time. But Sam's great. Yeah, he's good. You've got um, so many people coming through, though, that they've got potential now. Look at the gym now where it's obviously because in December, you're not getting the, the kind of people in that would normally be in. But if you look at it, it's like, it looks really positive. So it's just trying to put them down the right route, but not putting them all down the same route. So what's weird is now sometimes people try and compete with each other in the same way that, that like, they're competing. Let's say everyone's different, right? So let's say I've got. Uh, I've got a left kick and then someone tries to match my left kick it's almost sticking to your strengths and make it stronger but then lessen your weaknesses and that's what I think mm. is really important and that's the only thing that I've been told the thing that you've told me Tony is to really maximise my strengths and minimise my weaknesses so it's just yeah. in work on not it's important not to be frightened of working on your weaknesses because it's more challenging to work on your, your weaknesses yeah. you tend to practice your strengths quite naturally because it's something you enjoy, you're good at, you feel you're good at. Yeah. The challenge is to get you to work on things that are difficult for you and challenging for you. I think that is yeah. a, that is something that's important to work on. Um, but, you know. To me, that sounds like life. Do you know what I mean? That's a good thing for life. Well, a lot of things are the same. A lot of things are the same. It's like, you know, the, the fact is that you happen to lose and find things hard isn't negative. It's possibly what you learn most from. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That's in life. Being totally honest, after the the Yodchai one, just in general conversation, that that was depressing. Mm. It was just not being able to. I can't give up. Like you've always told us, and Trevor, you can second me on this. We're not allowed to give up. We can't give up. That's not an mm. option. Because when 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 Rich would when when, when Rich gave up, we all got beat up. And I'll never forgive that man for that. Just the day we happy was we got beat for a whole month. Remember, Trev, uh, I, I, w- I wasn't even at the show, man, and I was pissed off too. Do you know what I mean? Oh, man. <laughs> Lawrence, I'm, I'm, I'm in the car with Right, and Wayne's driving. We need to share the drive. So I'll drive one one day, Wayne's driving it. And probably that hard, that low. And then Wayne couldn't put the cl- his foot on the clutch. He's trying to clutch. <laughs> his leg wouldn't work because he's a safety, and he? So he's trying to clutch it. And then yeah. he goes, all I heard from when he was foot western. <laughs> it was a bad time, man. That week, we got beasted. Three sessions that week, we got beasted. I just got and beasted we around the gym. Yeah, man. And there's, no, like, there's no apologies either. You know, remember before you skip and say, oh, are you okay? There was no okays. He's beat my leg again. I was oh, shit. And everybody else just stood there. 
<laughs> I watch everyone around the, the gym. I was there like, no, it's getting a bit nice. And they'll put Inkadet Western. I'm not Western. Oh, man, <laughs> talk, man. We should have worn that T-shirts when he come back, man. Fuck that boy. And you know what that was? Because he banged his leg and told the man to kick it. If only yeah. he didn't bang his own leg. Yeah, man. If you got you lose, alone, you lose. That's a, can, can, I'm, I'll make that clear. Okay, it wasn't about losing. It was about how no, it's you not lost about losing. It. It's not about losing because you can't control that. You genuinely no. can't control situations. You can't control judges. You can't control your care. opponent. I don't know my leg <laughs> But you can control what you do, can't you? You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah, yeah, yeah. What you do, yeah. You're giving it the big end and then you lose like that. That's, that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's not cool. Well, as a referee, Trev, as a referee, I had a thing where if people wore no fear T-shirts, I knew they're going to be giving up. If they got a no fear <laughs> a no fear tattoo. They probably wouldn't have given them. <laughs> no fear. Yeah, got the eyes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's going out very quick. It was scared as fuck. Reminded me of boxing matches going Wolverhampton. A lad, a lad, a lad came in. There's this skinhead guy, you know, tattooed up, shadow boxing, giving it growling. This other lad came in actually with, a, with a, an anorak on at the time. That was a sort of real, a real murder yeah. thing. Took on, get off, and looked like he was, uh, you know, very quiet. It was very, yeah. For you know what? For some reason, that guy seems quiet, but you know what? I think he's got that inner confidence. But this other yeah. guy's all own bravado. Yeah, he went less than around. He got knocked out with a jab. The tattooed, the geezer tattooed oh, no. all five. You know what I mean? It's that, oh, you know, it's show the the show, but the the real inner competency in anything to do with the external performance mm. of competency. You know, he obviously had it in himself, and and I think that's the case in it. You know, a lot of the times. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. I can't remember his name. I've got. I've got meeting there. All right, mate. See you, mate. Take care, mate. I'll drop you. I'll drop you a line later. All right, mate. Nice one, Tony. We'll do. Anyway, anyway. Later. Charlie's <laughs> uh, dread, man. Charlie's dread. It was funny seeing his face. He was like trying not to laugh. Like when you're talking about like how he beasted us after Westwood flipping. Well, I feel like off my leg. The calcification on his shin. Oh no, I know, I know. I couldn't walk. I went, I had to go on, Ben was what was I doing then? I was a youth worker. I had to teach yeah. um, tennis the next day. I couldn't run for the ball. Pressure. I up my job. All right, so talk to me then, man. Talk to me. Right then, let's talk about your training journey at Trojan. So you got to Trojan now, and you started to train. You started to feel a bit stronger, a bit healthier. Talk to me about that. I don't think I felt any stronger or any healthier, you know, because I got bust in every session. All that happened no, it was a. No, I did. I, I did all right. Like it, it was. I liked the attitude of Trojan because it was just a dingy gym, and it just. I remember just smelling it, and I remember just didn't feel it at all. But the only <laughs> he used, thing to, happened, he like, used to come in past the reception. And you open those double doors, you could smell it. Didn't it? Oh, <laughs> no, toy no oil and foot. You yeah, I mean? no windows. Do you know what I love though is the posters up that wall. If I could get those now, mm. cold because I put them up in my gym, um, well in our gym, sorry, not mine. Um, but it was the carpet you used to absorb all the sweat. You see, man running around in, in sweatsuits and then just dripping all over the floor. You think, where's that water going? 
because there's no ventilation. So, uh, yeah, um, so it was good, man. I got beat up by there's uh, Dan Brissett. He beat me up. Oh, I remember Dan. Little Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Dan beat me up. He was training for Colo de Silva. Yes. Um, for the number one spot. He beat me up. Um, but I didn't... I knew it was got. I didn't know what to do. I just got boxed up. That's what happened. Um, <laughs> then it was... From there, I think... I think... I didn't take it seriously. Like, I think that's probably what really helped me, you know. I think that... I didn't take it serious because I didn't see it as a root of anything... Mm. Seen it like an outlet, and then just kept turning up. Yeah, just an outlet. That's all it was for me. I wasn't working. Obviously, um, I wasn't at college anymore. Sorry, I wasn't at university anymore. Um, and it was just something to do. So I got to, en- I actually got to enjoy it. And that's the weird thing. Like, I actually enjoyed doing it. And I can't remember the last sport that I've done. That I've actually enjoyed. Everything else feels like a bit of a chore. Like yeah, running, yeah, yeah. A bit of a, the, the running only assists what I like doing, which is this. Like, mm. um, so, yeah. And then it just took me to where, where I am. It just yeah. really gave me that. I, I think I can understand exactly what you're saying there because it was one of the Thai, Muay Thai and I, I guess boxing is probably the same. You kind of get out of it what you put in. You know what I mean? And like you're saying, you, you run... You might do some weights, you might do this and that, but it was so you were better at the Muay Thai. You know what I mean? Or yeah. or so that you didn't get your ass broke when you came to Thai boxing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You did all those things so that, you know yeah. what I mean? All that kind of maintenance kind of work. You did it so you didn't get your ass handed to you yeah, on a Friday. And I just thought, I remember like you telling me when I was like, going back years and stuff, but I could be all right. And I remember just being, Reese was the top of the tree. Like Reese was just Reese, Reese Pete. I remember seeing Reese out in a club. I had to walk over and introduce myself and just say, Oh, no, I do tie box as well. I've heard of you. And I seen him on the posters. <laughs> and then, like, when, when he looks at it now, you know, flipping out, he's just like, how you, you're in awe of someone that you've never actually met. Mm. But then when you're climbing, and I'm, oh, I'll always remember this. I remember me and Liam arguing. When I was climbing up the fight card, I went past him on the fight card, and he was on. He was on like, he was going mad. He said, "Oh, no, I should be main event." Liam who Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we were boys, but we used to argue like cat and dog. Like we were. <laughs> the reason I get on so well is that we used to argue so much. Yeah. We'd argue. Him and Wayne have an argument. It's a big deal. Me and Liam would argue, and he was just like, "It's gone tomorrow." I mean, I'm like, nah. And then it was like, oh. um, and Liam got mad because I went to go and fight in, um, yeah, God, <laughs> uh, I went to go and fight in his, his hometown and they put me above him on the fight card. <laughs> Ooh, that was, was like, that, that was North, Northampton or something, isn't it? Yeah. Like Northampton. Mm. Yeah. And he was, he was vexed, like he's proper mad. How are you going to put me on the fight card? It just gets like that, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't make the rules, brethren. You know I mean? <laughs> so, um, I'm box office, mate. Yeah. Um, what, what can I tell you? You know what I mean? <laughs> but he was so talk, to about, talk to me about Liam, man. Liam was a character, oh, man. You know Liam, I mean? Rest in peace, Liam, man. But, yeah, he like, he used to wind me up bad. We spent we spent six weeks in Thailand together. Um, like, he always, he always, it's weird with him. He always believed in me. Always believed in me. 
and he was my best friend. Like in the end, we ended up like best friends. He'd come and stay at mine, and I'll go and chill at his. Um, but when we first met, it was like I don't know. It was like a little bit of a weird friction. You know, you get like a weird feeling, and he was like, "Oh, like, what?" As soon as I'm weighed, we were all right. And I said, "What'd you weigh?" Like, all right, so you're not in the same category thing. Is that what it was? I don't know. Is it weird? And then, then you worked out who I could fight in that weight division. So it was like, oh, we'll take out Damien Trainer, then we'll take out Andy Oston, <laughs> then we'll take Reese Crook. I was like, no, I don't want to fight Reese. Like, I'll fight the other two, I'll fight him, but I don't want to fight Reese. Oh, one second, I think my kids are here. One sec. One sec. All right, cool. No problem. No problem. Any breath. Sorry. Sorry. It's okay. My mum's just arrived with the children. Oh, um, yeah, so it was like literally from that point of my career, it was just trying to to push him, but Liam was adamant to go for him now. And I was like, oh, no, I need time. Talk to me about first going over to Thailand and sort of training as the Thais do. Talk to me about that. Was kind of, like you say, like music's part of your preparation. Was 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 there like a soundtrack to you going to Thailand for the first time? No, no, there's no, no stereo. No, there's no, I didn't understand anything on the TV. Um, <laughs> no, nobody that spoke English. There was it, it, no. In fact, the first time, there was, in the first time, there was people that did speak English because I went with Tony Carla. The second Tony Carla, Damien, because I, I jumped on last minute. I booked my flight with about a week to go. Mm. So, because I had one flight at Light Bar. And then I was like, yes. oh, I'm going to Thailand. I yeah. I <laughs> when the, 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 the guy decided to wear shin pads, remember? <laughs> Day <laughs> save him, though. Day save him. One second. Sorry, Shred. Sorry. Always, man. Uh, yeah, but, uh, <clears throat> yeah. What were we saying? It's Thailand. Yeah, go to Thailand and. You know what I mean? How you, what, what? Obviously, Thailand. It's it's hectic with the training. You were training twice a day in Thailand. Is that right? Yeah, twice a day. And Pim was put me on because he said I was fat. He put me on eleven. <laughs> what, what what did he weigh? What did he weigh? For he to say, you know? I was fifty. I was fifty-seven. But he said, uh, "Black boy, you 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 yeah." <laughs> Pim, I was like, so he didn't understand. And I was like, I tell him not to call me Black Boy. Don't, don't call me Black Boy. You know, you know my name. Like my name's, my name's Dean. Like my name's Dean. Because Black Boy, come here. I walked over. He goes, You are black, yes. Yeah. You are a boy, yes. Yeah. Black Boy. I was like, No. <laughs> so he goes, Yes, yes, no. <laughs> so, because um, I said, Oh, what did you mean? He said, Oh, face of pig. <laughs> so and I said like, what? What was your name for me? The Pimu mean face of pig. Why do you call you face of pig? Because I look like pig. Oh, oh. <laughs> 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 I look like. <laughs> Why, man? No nonsense. If you say that about himself, he don't business about anybody else. He's just a saint yeah. as he sees it. But the wicked thing was when I went to Thailand was. um I was struggling there. Like I had my first fight without Tony. That's the only time Tony's never been in my corner. Right. I struggled to get. I did struggle to get the block because he took me to go and fight. Because um, I was arguing with him. Because like, bear in mind that I've not been to Thailand. So Liam's used to Thailand. He's used to Pimu. I wasn't used to him. 
yeah. so people were telling me that I'm fighting at 50, 50, uh, 52. Bear in mind, in this country, I only fought, I fought 53 and a half, and that was a push. Mm. Bear in mind, you're waiting on the morning of the fight. So mm-hmm. 53 and a half in a day. I did 53 and a half in a day before. Could do that. Ross. Could never get near that now. Um, and then people were trying to tell me that uh, no, we'll do, we, we'll do um, 52 on the morning of the fight. So I jumped on the scales and I was 61. Oh, Lord. So, so I put weight on. I left England at 57. Got there. People kept on feeding me all the time because they feed you in Thailand. They give you loads of food. And then they came up with this mad idea of that I'm, I'm, I'm eating food. So he put the dog out. Do you know I'm scared of dogs? So he put the dog out from my room. So I couldn't get food. <laughs> so, so I didn't have my fridge, so I took all the food out of my fridge and put it in the fridge outside so I could use it in the, I could have it in the day. I wasn't allowed to eat at night. He said, oh, because um, fat hold, fat hold, which is like mm. fat stores. Um, okay, cool. So I won't, I won't do that then. Um, then he had this, he had a, a Doberman, no, a Rottweiler. He had a Rottweiler then. And this thing, he just sat outside my room. So when I opened the door, even for a bottle of water, open the door, so they rock right up, nah, shut the door back, nah. Hello, I don't need no water. I don't need it anymore. Yeah. Um, and then he was like, oh, so he weighed me on 57. He said, oh, but not look thin. He said, still look fat. I said, 57. Like, if you look in that picture now, that's mm. when you say it. So this, you're 57 so, in this photo here, and he said you're fat. I'm 57. Ross. He wanted me to pull down to 52. And there's not much to come off. Mm. So I was like, okay. Because he's, he's the boss at the end of the day. And then one day, I, told him, I don't remember what happened. I think I started crying right at the train because I couldn't get the food. And then um, he made me clinch. I was clinching with um, a guy called Sanchai. Not Sanchai, Sanchai, Sanchai. Mm. It's mm. like the other one, but he's a beast. Non-stop work. But he used to work really hard. The hardest work because he lacked... What people said, oh, he's stupid, he had no brain. Mm. So he worked harder because he doesn't have a technical brain, which is what he's trying to say, I guess. Yeah. And he clinched me up, bro, and it was just like I was getting hammered into the canvas every morning, hammered into the canvas. And then one day I was like, you know what? And people was like, why are you so weak? Why is? Because you're starving me. That's why he started arguing with him. So I jumped out the ring. You know what? I'm booking my flight home. I'm going home. Jumped out the ring. Ran into my room, and he's got. He had such a way of talking around. You go, knock at your door, black boy. Wouldn't answer the door. Not even, <laughs> not even saying name, man. That's so stupid. Yeah. So then, that's out of order. Like, yeah. So I was like, oh, mom, you, you okay? Yeah. You're not feeling very well. No. Um. But yeah, like it would. It be, but then he could talk you around. So he goes, okay, okay. You want to fight? Yeah, I said, but Pim, I want to fight, but I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight too small. It's too small for me. But that's, I can't do it. Not here. Maybe in England, maybe I'll be able to do it because we got access to, we never had no baths. He took me to a sauna and the sauna was on, my skin set on fire. He put me in that sauna, bro. I was in there for three minutes. I ran out. Mm. I was there. Put me in that sauna. And then you've also got to think of the health implications because if you're going to dehydrate, you've got to wait on the day. On what the day you, as well, man. What can you get back around your brain and pull it out? Mm. So, oh, I'd rather do a salt bath. 
than than going the sauna. No, no, no. So sauna better, sauna better. So, but it's going to dry my brain out. Like it's going to dry my brain out. And if he hits me, and Pim was telling me, oh, it's, it's good punch, but not good, not good against punch. So Pim was trying to get me to like, punch this guy. He's going to punch me. So I was like, well, if he's going to punch me, is my chin going to be any good? Though, do you know what I mean? If you look at is my chin going to be any good? If I'm dehydrated, my brain's not. Do you know what I mean? You don't even understand. So yeah. the I was like, nah, I ain't doing it. Then he said, okay, what weight do you want to bite at? I said, um, I'll do 72. what I want. Do you know what I mean? 76 is what I'm looking at. <laughs> Just give me some chicken. Get me. <laughs> no, I thought I fought at 60, 60, 61. So I was walking at 60. So I thought, mm. I haven't got, then all I've got to do is get fit. I haven't got to worry about the weight cut. Then he said, okay, we've got a stadium tomorrow. It wasn't a stadium, it was outdoors, it was a street, in the street. That's all it was. It was like a canopy wow. in the street. So I've gone there. He said, oh, you can bite, you can bite this man. And I've seen the size of the guy walk out. I was like, what, what do you say, 52 again? <laughs> that's what I was going to say. No, I said, 60, 60 kilo of tires going to be a monster. You know what I'm Bro, saying? It was huge. It was absolutely massive. I looked at him, I was like, oh, I'll get down. Pim said, yeah. oh, what weight? He knew what he was doing. Like, even yeah. the way he smiled at me, he said, oh, what weight can you do? <laughs> I was like, I can't do 52. 52.5? Don't think I can do that. 53? Don't need to do that. Three, three and a half? Yeah, yeah I'll take that. Yeah. That means I'm six and a half kilos clear of this guy over here. Because Seriously, he's a monster. Man. And then that's I'll like a leg. In time, that's like a whole leg. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it made me cut weight. We didn't have to weigh in. You're joking. No. Got there. So I, went, I said to him, like, where's the scales? And he said, oh, uh, no, not this show. Pardon? <laughs> not this show. So, why have I just dropped my weight? Like, why have That's I, so stick. Well, I've been skipping. I was skipping in the morning. I went running in the afternoon, dropped the weight. Why? That, that was the day before. Skipping in the morning, the morning the day before. Skipping in the afternoon. Sorry, running in the morning, skipping in the afternoon, walking in the morning early, woke up about six mm. o'clock. I skipped then. Then I took another jog around the box to drop the rest of the weight off. Weighed. And then I was like, so I've not got to weigh in. I was like, no. Why you make me do this? Oh, good habit. It's good for habit. Wow. No, I'll come in big. <laughs> Making this small, I'll come in big. So it was mad. So what 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 would you say? Like you said that there's no. What was like your downtime like in Thailand? What Dead what did that look long. like? There wasn't. there wasn't any. Really, it's just yeah. constant. When you're not training, you're sleeping. When you're not sleeping, you're training. Yeah, yeah. like you get you get mad at us if we went. So we went, me and Liam went shopping and we missed the afternoon training. He, went, he was mad at us in the training. It was so much hard the next day. I never did it again. Mm. So he's like, the pad member beasting us, like properly beasting us for missing the session. So they must thought probably, they thought, we went shopping just to go and get, I was buying stuff to sell when I got back to pay for my, my plane ticket. But, do you know what I mean? And then um, him must have thought we were out partying. And we weren't. I got back around about eight. Liam, Liam did take off though, but didn't really help out because Liam never got. Liam didn't even get the actual punishment. I got it. Liam left mm. the island, so it was. Liam was like, "No, I ain't going back. I'm going to the islands." All he was buy some clothes from um, uh, MBK. Bought some clothes from there. Booked his flight. Went off to the islands. Mm. I got back. 
got back in the taxi and I was got tortured <laughs> the whole time he's gone. It's like the Western thing all over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So what 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 sort of lessons do you think you took back from going over to Thailand and training there with the Thais, how they train? I think that beast in. Do you think it's it set you in good stead to come back and yeah, it fight did. pro? I, think I, was, I was more confident you've been around where the sport came from. Mm. Um and I felt a lot more confident with the sport. I felt like I knew the sport a bit more. So, like, I was going to the stadium. Like, Tony, so when I was in Thailand, what people don't recognise that I didn't really train the Thais as Padman. Tony's my Padman. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so I was working with Tony twice a day. So, for me, with the language, and mm. Tony's padding the Thais. So, you know, he's doing something right when Tony's padding the Thais, when people's putting to pad the Thais. So, you're like, yeah. And then I was hitting pad the Thais, and they couldn't actually, because Pimo had, um, he had a fighter's Padman. So they could speak Thai, but they could speak English. So they go, uh-huh. You know, you, tell somebody, you know it's wrong, but they don't know, they can't explain. Yeah. And yeah. I'm so you work with Tony, you know, he explains everything that he did, he explains it. Yeah. So it's, the reason to do this is because of this. So you need, you get almost like a um, comprehension of where or what it's come from. So you comprehend what he said. So you can work out what he probably means and where you use it and you get context. Whereas... I was there, I could blast the pads and I was fit. Um, but I didn't really know what I was doing. It's still early in my career, you know what I mean? It's yeah. still really early on in my career. Um, but I loved it. I loved training there. I just prefer it here. Like, I don't know. If you look what we've got from where we've come from, and Wolverhampton gets forgotten a lot. Mm. Wolverhampton are the key places that Muay Thai, back in your 90s, Mm. Late 80s, 90s, is Muay was from a lot of Wolverhampton fighters. Been through. Look at the people that we're under, even yourself, like we're under. Like, we come out of this block of fighters and look at them Vincent Walker, Kirk, but, uh, Pete, Reese, mm. John Wyatt, we've got Jacko, mm. the Val Benton. There's mm. loads of them. Mm. That's only the same few. And yeah, and that, and that that is just in like Thai boxing as well. You look at like kickboxing and karate and yeah. judo and you know Even what I mean? Boxing, look at boxing. Yeah, yes, yes, you know, my, my man Joby. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah. going on with things. Do you know what I mean? I spoke to Joby the other day and just even team work to Joshua and you're just thinking, God, it's, there's something here. It, it, it must be doing something right. This, it's got to be, you can't have one place with so many top elite fighters, sports people, without there being something. It's finding out what that is. That, that's what, one of the reasons why I ask like yourself and Tony on and kind of see, you know, you know what I mean? It's kind of see your background is kind of like, it just sounds like all of us, like me and my friends growing up, do you know what I mean? You kind of, you have that, attitude that you kind of protect your own you don't go looking for trouble but you're willing to stand on and that kind of, and it's the same thing what tony was saying as well that the being able to stand on and fight for a righteous cause is a big thing do you know what i mean and it's kind of like with yeah. with the whole buddha palm thing the whole buddha palm things kind of originally started off from looking at martial arts films and martial arts films always the little guy training up to come and beat the bad guy and somebody coming back and you know what i mean bettering themselves and all them kind of thing there but Looking at yeah. real martial arts, that's a big part of the whole thing as well, man. It's like, it's like your journey. Your journey's coming from where you're ill. You had you, you were diagnosed with that illness. 
you overcome that and now you need the nanny out of people stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I don't know about that, bro. bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's just, you know, it's, it was just only ever set out to just be, never set out to be a fighter, but mm. never, never once. Mm. You guys are the fighters. I was just. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, I don't like. I keep saying you guys. You know, like I've done anything. I ain't done nothing. You were there before me. Like, I, remember I, going I was to there before you. That's it. That was like I being see. on the bus before you. Don't make no difference. You still got to. You know what I mean? I got off before you. Is I'm only fighting Aston Villa. Um, it's like little key things that Tom says that stories mean everything. Tom tells loads of stories about people. Hmm. Uh, it should be wicked to get you down at the gym actually, so you can meet the boys. Could be good. Um, because the, they're different, it's a different pack now, it's a different generation. You okay, Mason? Mm. Oh, okay. Um, but you get like a different, but it'd just be, it'd be sick to get you there. But yeah. How, how, how do you think, how do you, how do you think the whole thing compares as a sort of then against now? As in, different you know I mean? You can talk and get fights. Before you have mm. to fight, get fights. That's the only bit I don't agree with. I just find it just, I think the sport sport is progressing, it's constantly progressing, but mm. some people are so I look at and I just think they let you just go away and go and learn your craft. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? Like don't don't talk, don't try and get your your I don't know, your fifteen thousand followers. You've had one fight. One fight, one win, that doesn't mean anything. Mm. Like you have your ups and downs. Like getting knocked out last time, but that was that was for me. That was bad. That was bad. That was depressing. Mm. That's mm. the worst thing I've in sport. Never yeah. happened. Never been put down. Never my whole career. Never been put down. And then when I got put down, and I couldn't. One, I, could, I, couldn't, I didn't know what shot I got hit with. I'm resting time saying what shot was it. Didn't know what it was. Mm. I was heard a big bang, and then it was just. The fight was over, and I was watching the. I was actually watching the highlight reel on the big screen before, because they put the the mask on. I was watching, and all the doctor shows watching the the replay, getting playing the replay over. That ain't me. That ain't me. You know, you just can't accept it. And it's it's, mm. it's probably starting to boil. But I've had like thirty eight. What I've had now, thirty eight fights. I've never mm. been put down in one. And then to mm. get put down, the first time I get put down. I brother, I couldn't even look people in the eye in the gym. Mm. So I just felt like mm. it's mad. And I've never when, was it? It. When, when, when was that? Was that last year? Last October, yeah. Uh, have you fought since? No, because of COVID hit. I was meant to fight. Um, oh, of course, yeah. I was meant to fight the WBC world champion. So I moved up. I went up six, I fought him at 60, 63. I fought him at. And I had the call me on. I had two weeks' notice to get ready for that. Mm. So i not fought in about a year before that, but it wasn't my fight. It was one of my teammates' fights originally. And then he pulled, so I stepped in and took it. And then I fought um, a guy called Maud Moran, and I lost to him. I fought him 64. He's huge. Mm. Ben had to pull out. He got injured, and my name was against his. I put my name against his when we entered him. So then Gary, the promoter, called me and said, oh, Ben has pulled out, so you're in. So oh, <laughs> he said, oh, man. Get for what you asked for, one of them ones. You know I mean, um, I got in the tournament. I was like, oh, I'd be all right. And then I, I just got the biggest one, massive, huge. But mm. 
I caught him. I think I caught him about three or four times with elbows. But he just beat me up. He chased me down like I stole his lunch money. You know what I mean? He's got, <laughs> that, that kind of you know, the man's after you straight off the mm, bell. Mm. Uh, wicked guy. I really like him. He's such a he's a really nice lad. Like, I speak to him now. Um, like it's, it's cool. Don't you think it's strange though? It, like you just said that, right? You, you just said you just said you just said you fought the guy. The dude was after you like you stole his lunch money, right? And then you said, wicked guy, blah, blah, blah. blah. You know what I mean? Don't you think that's weird in a fighting art? That, that, to me, that, the essence of that is something you, could, you should be able to bottle and give to the youth them nowadays, where it's kind of like, where you used to have, you, back in the day when I was a kid, you'd have a fight, you'd have a straightener, you'd have some bruises yeah. or you'd won, and then yeah. you left it done, you know what I mean? But now it escalates into something where lives are taken and stuff like that. So do you yeah. think that's, a, that's a something you should martial arts has given you to be able to sort of... Definitely, 100%. I don't think I could even comprehend that. I don't think I'd be able to understand that. But mm. when he beat me, and I even told him in the ring, I was like, he's yours. Like, I'm not, I'm not arrogant, I'm not rude. Um, and I'm not full of myself, and I'm self-centred. So it was like, when I was talking to him in the ring, and he gave me, like, I gave him a hug at the end of the fight, I was like, a brilliant fight, mate. He fought well. Mm. And he did fight really well. He, he shut down everything I was trying to do. He deserved to win. I got one yeah. round out of three, he got two out of three. So... And I knew, like, even Tom said, Tom was like, you're training. You have to try and, try and do something to him there. So I was trying to cut him to try and get him stopped. Mm. But um, over five rounds, I'd have done better than three. But he's a he's a good, good three-round fighter. He fights mm. K1, so he's, he's used to it. I'm not yeah, used, used to, to that, yeah. Rounds. I need... Yeah. Um, and he's just, he was just a wicked guy. Like, he's just funny. He cracked me up. Because I thought, to like, the, this coach that I won. I didn't win. So there's only said I didn't win. Because no, that's no no crap. I didn't win. You beat me up. Like he just mm. he just the bell went. He ran after me straight after. They like, went, bang one, ding. I saw my man run at me. I was like, <laughs> oh what? <laughs> so I was like, no, this isn't part of the plan. Yo, you stay there. Yeah, I'm just changing it. We just keep beating each other. So. Yeah. So where where do you go now? What what's the next step? You ever, have you considered looking at like things like one championship and stuff like that? Yeah, well, we're we're kind of looking at that now. I'm not trying to say too much about it because of you're just waiting. Um, mm. Heard they're interested. Um, I was just Andy's got there. Um, they've gone to Damien Trainer as well. They haven't come for me yet, but I think it comes down to sometimes social media plays a massive part. Mm. Maybe needs to get better. I don't know. But I'm, I'm, I just—I really believe that if you get in the ring and you fight and you fight just talking for you, don't need to talk all over the internet. But they—they they probably want viewers, so I don't—don't don't know. I fight in one championship. I look forward to doing it. Like that—that's mm. one thing that I really want to do. Um, but I want to fight any of the any of the top guys, any of them, like Ogden Topic, all of them. Like even the weight divisions above me, I'll go for any of them. Mm. Um, I can make lighter. I can I can do heavier because I'm tall. I'm not. I don't carry the same power when I fight. And I found that out at Yoko. I don't have the power I've got at, at 50, 57, 59. At, at, I do at 62, 64. I don't even have it. I don't have any power at that. But I feel that I'm clever enough to be able to, if I want to. I think I'm smart enough to pull it off. I've watched mm. people getting like knocked out by. 
by Mark Rahman that are good fighters, household names at their weight. It didn't knock me out, and that's that's not even a win. That's not something you brag about. You didn't knock me out, but <laughs> you, do you know what I mean? You don't brag about that. Oh, it didn't knock me out. <laughs> you want to say you won, but um, I don't know. It's, it's got to be something that interests me. I, I got offered out by someone in my own weight division that I'm not even going to mention his name. I don't even. I just don't think he's even worth mentioning. Mm. Um, and that really annoyed me because like all my hard work and. You pull away, and one loss, one knockout loss, brings you straight back into the pack. Mm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You, you, mm. you can beat everyone you want. One knockout loss, and everyone believes can beat you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I've heard things like I think I'm chinny, or it's impossible. I can't be chinny. I wasn't. It wasn't even my chin that got hit. If they look at the video, he's actually mm. on top of my head. He hit me on my temple to put me mm. out with an elbow. It's not like you bang my chin. I got to sleep. You know what I mean? It, it, I don't know. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that I've noticed now after this. I didn't recognise that before. You know, there's a lot of things you notice about yourself and about people. Like how often my phone used to ring before when you're winning. One knockout loss. And how many mm. people call you? Do you know mm. what I mean? It, it's, mm. it's interesting about how you're popular one minute. But you're not the next. It's the next big thing. Like everyone's talking about another person within my weight division that's good. And he's good. He's really good. I'll do it. I'll do the fight. I'm happy to do the fight. But it's, it's interesting that you're the best thing so long. And then one day something goes wrong. And then they're all like, oh, well, he's past it anyway. Have I gone past it? I made a key mistake. Yeah. You, you passed it, you got there. Oh, well, you know, he doesn't want as much you want it before. How do you know? You don't know me. Just, you, know, you don't understand my, my, my actual mm. home life. You don't understand what I'm doing in my life. Don't mm. criticize me. That's why, like, uh, I think. Do you, find, people... do you find, like, like because, because, like, you're in the limelight doing this as a sport, and obviously it's not like being football, but can you kind of sort of see where. You know, like when somebody said like Raheem Sterling or something and then man just pounce upon him, like papers pounce on a man or say mm. like somebody messes up or doesn't score or misses a penalty and then the team lose, blah, blah, blah. But in, in Muay Thai, it's, it's yeah, 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 you've got a group of people training you, but it's a solo sport. You're in the ring with the next man. Yeah. And when things go peak tongue, it's, it's on you pr primarily, isn't it? You know what I mean? So when people well, are saying yeah. things like that, it's, it's kind of like... It must be harder, harder to take. You know what I mean? You've got to, you've got to be a strong person to deal with that. It's hard. And it's seen like when people put things on, what's really hard when people sharing it on the social media and they, they, mm. they would, like, somebody put on there where they, they kept on re, like they put on the, on the Instagram where it was me getting, I got caught, I did get caught. But they, they put it on like three times, they repeat it three times. Like, why are you trying to keep me while I'm down? It's not personal mm. though, but you take it personal when you're down. Mm. I mean, so saying, like, why, why are these people doing this? Like, why do I want to do this? Mm. Like, why? Like, don't you think I feel crap enough? Yeah. You know what I mean? These, these fighters or just people just yeah, fans? Yeah, fighters. Fighters. Mm. It's like, because they had no other way of catching me on anything. Like, mm. so, you know, it, 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 it just felt a little bit, I don't know, it, it, it was really 
maddening. It really upset me to a point of where it was like, I was just angry. And then you get people that are close to you that then jumping at the fight because now you've dropped the ball. So that's what I, all I wanted was my rematch. As soon as I come out of the ring, and I said, so I didn't know what I caught with. Got back to the room, had my cry. Crying, constantly crying. That's never happened. Do you know what I mean? It's never, it's one of the weird things. I took a loss and I cried on a loss, but not that kind of loss. Not that kind of heavy loss where mm. I can't remember. It took me ages to remember where I was or mm. when the captain asked my date of birth, I couldn't remember it. But that that was scary. Do you know what I mean? You, mm. you can't, I couldn't get my head in. And 15 minutes later, I was fine. Couldn't remember everything. But it was just like when I jumped on my social media the next day and I could see. Like people just putting the fight on, and that, that's up to them. And maybe I, I don't know if I've done it. I don't know if I've ever done it. I don't think I have. I hope think I've not done it. But it was just yeah. like emphasizing my loss. It was just like, like, do you know what I mean? That now you've actually got some. You're like you've got a bone now, so now you're gonna chew on it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, Do you know what, what though? The, the way I the way I kind of see Thai boxing. I mean, I, I'm I'm way way out of the loop, man. I used to we used to live it when I used to come train with you guys and that. But I'm at the loop as in who who's who and what's what and what go on now. But yeah, I, how I, how I always used to see the kind of matchmaking in Thai boxing. It's not like in boxing where you've got a young up and comer. And they kind yeah. of feed them easy fights to get them to a level before they start to test for real fight. You don't really get that in Thai boxing. You get, you, on, the, on the most part, you get equally matched each time. So if you're fighting at a level where it's world title level, you, you, all you're fighting is bad man. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's easy to lose. Do you know what I mean? It, it's like, it's marginal. It's marginal each time. You know what I mean? Both of you train, both of you have got technique. Yeah, but it's also, Trev, what I think you, when you've been, it's not like this is new to me. I've been, I know what the risks are. I've been doing this for like how many years now? I've been fighting at a, a reasonable level. For, yeah, I've been fighting at um, a reasonable level for a long time. And mm. it, I expect losses. I do because I don't take a fight. Like, as I said earlier, like, Tone doesn't take fights that he thinks I can win. He won't take. You need to believe that the what well, the way I see is the two ways of taking what Tony says is the audience believe I'll lose, and he thinks I can win and we'll take it. Yeah. If he thinks I'll win and the audience will win, he won't take it. And that's always been the way. So he'll be like, mm. oh no, it needs it needs to be a bit stronger. You won't get the rounds out. Mm. So and it's always been like that. So he's like. Like with my record, I can't remember it. What have I had now? Bloody hell, 38 fights. I think I had 20, 24 knockouts. So it's like when he's giving you people and you, you knock them out, your confidence grows so you can knock the other one out a lot easier because it's like, but then you come across that, that little, the little one that really wants to fight who doesn't deserve it. So mm. you just have to just. And I'll just say to someone, like, I've got my kids, and I've, uh, unless it's something worth me really, because no money in Thai boxing, let's face it, no mm. real money, not like boxing money, is it, or UFC mm. money. I've got these two, so if I've got these two here, and it's got to be something that makes me scared and willing to lose my time with them. If it's someone that I think that, you know, I could show up there and I'll put them away, 
in a round and a half, two rounds. I'm not, I'm not, I won't do it. I mm. won't do it. I, don't, I need to be scared because I won't train. I've done one fight like that before where I had to defend one of my belts. I had to, I had to defend it. They wouldn't give me another opponent. And it's the worst performance of my whole career. Mm. I was so comfortable. I got clocked and I got caught. And I, was, I thought I was going to go down. Down. I actually really thought it was going to go down. And then Tom was like, you got too complacent. You're too complacent. Yeah. Like, it was like, I wasn't fit. I wasn't, like, I just, it was like, do you, in your head, it's like, and I'm not, this is me not being cocky, but you know, you think, I've got this in the bag. As soon as, get, mm. as, soon as that bell goes, I'm going to put my way in the round. That's what I'm going to try and do. I'm going to put way in the round. It was there after round one. And then he started whacking me in round two. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Mm. Like, I, never, I never expected this. And then when I switched it on and turned it up, because then I started to work, work out that I'm in a fight, then I got rid of him. But it was just, mm. and then from there, I said, like, I'm never doing another fight like that again. Mm. I'm never doing another fight like that. If they want my, if it's like a defense or whatever, they can have the belt. If I don't think, the, if I don't think that I'm going to train for it, they can take the belt and have it. Mm. So you think that there has to be that kind of initial fear? You know, like that said, I said, there's that apprehension before you go training and the apprehension that. Yeah. In 12 weeks, I've got a fight, or eight weeks, six weeks, whatever it is, I've got a fight yeah. with this beast. It, it, yeah. You can't kind of motivate yourself to get up and do the training um, and get in, get in there. No, it was like, I was eating, the, the, the night before that, I wasn't drinking, I was at my mates till like three o'clock in the morning. But I weighed in on the Friday, I was at my mm. boys, so like Saturday morning, earlier mm. Saturday morning, that's not the right way to run. I don't do that when I'm scared. Yeah. That was yeah. That's me being comfortable. Yeah, and then I was like, nah, but that, I ain't doing that again. And then yeah. I just said, because you're too comfortable. Yeah. So a fight camp. What would a fight camp look like for you? Last thing, man, before we go, talk to me of fight yeah. camp and what the your soundtrack camp. to a fight camp would be as well. Give me two, you know, and I'll find it for you. I like, I love like grime. I love rap. I love like hip hop. I love old school hip hop. Like who? Tell me. Tell me now. Like I was saying, saying old school, like Run DMC. Mm -hmm. Love Run DMC. Uh, but even like Guru, she's um, yeah. um, then it switches up. Then I'll go to Pat Biggie, and then it goes all the <laughs> way up to like Joyner, Kanye West, Jay Z, mm -hmm. Kendrick Lamar. Uh, then you're going forward again, so like close to the gym, Pop Smoke, uh, Wiley, UK, Gets, yeah. UK. Kano UK, he's old school. Um, Kano's uh, a damn old school. Like Kano and gets a dangerous mate, dangerous. You know what I mean, and then you've got like on the way back, Rex Three Two would be someone I play. Um, oh, so this is this is like your playlist to and from the gym. Is this, this what you yeah. saying? On the yes, way to the gym, you're more amped up. On the way back, it'd be someone like someone with a message. Mm. Like so, like Joyner Lucas, uh, Eminem on some of his tracks on the way back. Mm. Um, then I could play like Mary J. Blige, I could play uh, Erica Badu, The Roots. Nice, nice. The, Is that on the way back? That's on the way back. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So, do you, do, you, do you kind of follow that pattern all the time? You kind of have like a playlist on the way there, kind of hyping. So I'm on the way back, so I've got to settle to go to bed. Uh, D'Angelo, yeah. yeah. Um, I am DDB. Um, Alicia Keys. There's loads. There's more on the way back than the way there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, DJ EZ would be mass on the way there. EZ's mixtape. 
Um, <laughs> DWE on the way there. <laughs> ooh. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> um, uh, Stormzy, the way back. Uh, big tunes. It's a big selection. Big selection. On the way there. Like, there's just so, loads. So, what about walking into your fight? So, do you listen to tunes as you're warming up? When you're yeah. backstage, getting your hands wrapped, all that kind of things. So, what are you listening to then? Are you trying yeah. to stay calm, conserve energy? Well, I tend to go to sleep. So, I'll put on, mm. like, I'll probably put on, I'll put on reggae music if about an hour before the fight. When they tell me about when I know the fight card's coming up, there's normally an interval before I come on. Um, in, in the other one, the, in London, I overslept. So I told him I had to wake me up and I had to put my shorts on in the lift. Um, I overslept in that one. So we were getting changed. We didn't even get to warm up, I don't think. Um, we were in the lift. Paul's getting up, walked straight yeah, out. Do you know what? I think that's madness, you know. You're sleeping before the fight, mate. The, the, the amount of adrenaline that's running through a normal person. But you got to a point <laughs> where you just... Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, that's mad. No, I sleep. I, I love sleep. Um... Oh, I love sleep. Don't get twisted. Now I just sleep. Mm. Uh, I just go. Oh, like, I don't. I don't like. I don't like waiting. So, oh, guys, long. I'm going to sleep. Just close my eyes. Put my earphones on. Put my beats on. Can't hear nothing through the beats. So it's me. I put on probably reggae music to start. That puts me to sleep, waking me up. It'd be a wrap. Before I come out, something really heavy like drill or trap, something really heavy where I'm ready to. Uh, then I want to try and make George Stone almost snap because with the style that we use, the aggression is controlled. Mm. So it's like you need you almost sometimes if you're too laid back, where you know the shot's there, you don't take it. Mm. Mm. When I'm listening to certain music, I can hear it and I'll sing to myself. So normally, the fight I'm singing to myself in my head, I'll sing. Because you know, you know the music. Yeah. Done, done. So you get the Ramoy music, yeah. my Ramoy, and then I'll start singing in my own head. So when I'm fighting, so I, I can create like a beat in my own head. So, so do you beat. fight? Do you, do you find like have a rhythm for like, when, yeah. like say for example, you're going in for the kill. You kind of got the rhythm to the thing to. Yeah, my head switches with the music sound. So like, if I'm gonna go and try and push it, like if I'm point picking. I relax so I can hear, like, I can almost hear like, everything I do. So you're almost like playing around, you're picking your shots. And then when it comes to it, I'll probably That's kind of sick, you know. That's like, sick. On and on and on. Whoop, hi. I'll make you put your phone down. Cough. You know what I mean? Body kick. Conk. Conk. So, but, um, yeah. So, but let that's me know. That's really interesting, man. That's really interesting. That's, that's what, what we're doing tomorrow. I'm going to feed these kids now because they look starving. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Do your thing, man. Yo, Dean. Yo, enough love for taking that time, man. Do you know what I mean? It's been appreciated. It's been interesting, sort of picking no your brain on because that, that that whole kind of rhythm thing while you while you're beating up Manta Erica Badu, that's a different thing. That is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big up, man. Yeah. Big up, Dean. Yo, well, I'll. I'll Text you a bit later. You know what I mean? Love to the no family, worries, bro. Man. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for having me, Trev. You take care, oh, bro. Mate, it's a pleasure. You know what I mean? Laters. Now, that was wicked. That was, I really enjoyed that. Those are two people I could just sit down and talk to for ages, man, because they're a lot of fun and just 
just a lot of knowledge shared there, man. A lot of knowledge shared. So we're not just stopping there. We continued this conversation on, and um, this was only part one of this conversation. Part two, I get to sit down with Dean and talk about further influences, further information about his about mindset and overcoming loss and all that sort of good stuff. Sort of stuff that, unless you've been through it yourself, you, you, you wouldn't have any idea, man. Do you know what I mean? And as a as a sort of champ that he is, it's a it, it, it's it's stuff that's really sort of gold dust, really, to me. Um, and I hope you guys agree too. Um, I'll get to sit down with Tony and as, as well with Dean and talk about the positive influences that martial arts and taking up martial arts has had on them and potentially lessons learned from that that could be passed on to other people. So um, all of these influences have obviously helped steer them in their lives and... Uh, it's yeah it's a it's an honor to be able to hear this this stuff firsthand to be fair um so yeah if that sort of thing flicks your switch man don't forget to hit subscribe hit like so that i know that people are watching these things it's good to know <laughs> makes me feel all warm inside and all them thing there so yeah hit like remember hit subscribe so you get notification of when the new stuff goes live because these two these next two videos part two and part three will be coming up, coming out over the next few weeks or the next week or so, should I say. Um, got a few more things lined up for your listening pleasure too. So, you know what I mean? Don't miss out, man. Don't miss out. Don't tell his I didn't warn you, you know. You know this. So, signing off from Buddha Palm TV. Salute. And see you later. Bye-bye.